Motivation. How do you stay excited? How do you stay pumped? How do you stay focused on that thing that drives you, that gets you excited? Look, I've been asked this question for 25 years. Grant, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay excited? How do you keep figuring out new ways to stay in the game, recreate yourself, and bring it to another level? That's what we're talking about in this series here. A hundred ways for you to stay motivated. Look, what's more important? Really, when you look at it, if you're not motivated, the idea doesn't matter. If you're not motivated, it doesn't matter how good your product is. If you're not motivated, you're not going to get up and take action. By the way, that's what motivate means. It's a verb. It's an action word, which means to provide with an incentive. I've been given an incentive to do something, to stand up here and talk. A move to action or to impel something, to inspire, to drive, to stimulate, to provoke, to lead, move, cause, prompt, stir, trigger, to set something off, to inspire, arouse, prod, get going. See, that's what motivation means. Look, you know how many people are having trouble with this thing, this, this idea of motivation? They can't find that, that, that prod, that, that incentive, that thing that lights you up. I remember when I was much younger that I had trouble with this thing called motivation, the, the inspiration to get up. I couldn't stay enthusiastic. I couldn't get myself to stay focused and driven. And if you look at all very successful people, they have figured out this thing called motivation. It's not some uh, esoteric thing. It's something real to them, an asset, something they trust and rely on. How do you motivate people to work harder if you're a manager? How do, you, how do you motivate people to be more efficient, to be more effective? How do you motivate without just giving people money, which are short-lived incentives, so that they're in action all the time? That's what we'll be talking about here. A hundred ways to stay motivated so that you can give rise to, cause something to happen, make things occur in your life, in your business, with your family. Look, it appears to me, and it must appear to you, that all over the world, People are struggling with this concept. Look at how much medication is out there today saying you're depressed. Look how much negative information there is, uh, you know, disseminated by the media every day, holding people down. Look at how many average, mediocre people there are. And you'll understand underneath all that is a problem with this concept of motivation. So we're going to be discussing what does it take for you to stay motivated, excited. This comes with a practical, a workbook that has practicals in it. So when you finish watching one of the segments, you might want to sit down and say, how will I apply this in my life, with my family, with my customers, in my business, so that I can be inspired, be driven, so I can be impelled to do something big, something consistent with your purpose and your unique mission on this planet. Look, I suggest to you that this driving force is critical to making your dreams come true, providing for your family, to make those goals, that purpose that is unique to you, real, a real reality, not just a concept in your mind. Motivation is literally the desire to do things, and I know you have it in you. That's why you're watching this. That motivation is the difference between waking up before dawn, okay, to go out excited, and, and staying in the workplace for longer than anyone else. And then when you get home at night exhausted, you still can't go to sleep. You're excited. You're motivated. This is that crucial element in setting and attaining goals. Research shows 
that motivation can influence not just the activity level of an individual, but also how they feel about themselves and even their sense of well-being. So I want this to help you, okay? Make sure you watch these over and over again. Make sure you do the practicals and make sure you stay connected to other people that you work with or live with so they understand also the 100 ways to stay motivated. Enjoy. Hey, work to your potential, not your quota. If you want to stay really motivated, if you want to answer the question to why people that have already made it keep pushing, it is because they don't operate on quotas. They operate off potential. They're driven to reach their potential. This is also tied to their ethical obligation. They know what they're capable of. Nobody can tell you what you're capable of. You're the only one that knows, okay? So work to your potential, not your quota. Quotas are numbers. Who made them up? Some guy says, okay, your quota is blah, blah, okay? Based on what? How did he come up with that quota? He only picked that quota, that number, because he thinks it's significant or compared to other people maybe in your industry. Look, don't operate on quotas. You want them. Clearly you want them. But you want to be driven to reach your potential not just some number, some mechanics. Hey, my potential, I know. Nobody else knows it. I know what it is. You know yours. Work to your potential, not just a quota, and I promise you, you will be on fire day and night. Shoot for the extraordinary. Make a list of the top five greatest, most unbelievable, extraordinary people that have ever been on this planet and you're going to see these people were like shooting for something big, giant, extraordinary. Extraordinary. Ordinary means like everybody else. Extra means above, beyond the call of duty. So look, whatever you're doing, whether it's your personal life, whether it's your physical life, your spiritual life, your emotional life, or your business and financial parts of your life, shoot for the extraordinary. Get above the fray, okay? Get above this, you know, I'm going to be like everybody else and I'm going to fit in and I'm going to blend in. Look, folks, you're not in high school anymore, okay? This isn't a prom where you got to be the most likable person. Shoot for doing something really extraordinary. Not like everybody else is doing. Not the quotas they're hitting. Not the money they're making. Not the, not the uh, marriage they have. Not the life they have. To shoot for something people like, oh my God, I wish I could live like that. Oh my gosh, I wish I created a product like that. Not saying you will. Maybe you won't. Maybe nobody will even know you existed. But shooting for extraordinary will keep you excited and motivated and driven. You know, most people talk about the, the high accelerators, the really successful not even be able to reach their goals. The goals are so big. They've been shooting for extraordinary so much, but they're driven to. And that's what we're doing here. We're trying to keep you motivated and excited. Ordinary, don't jack anybody up. Shoot for the extraordinary. Go the extra mile. Look, go the extra mile. If you say, I got to do 20 push-ups, go another two. See, that's what I like to do. I like to add a little 10% to everything. I think I finished something and then I go a little further. Why? Why do that? Because I'm trying to discipline myself to believe in me. Look, what is more important than motivation, inspiration, being excited? So I got to go the extra mile. I'm not doing it for Jared or my customer or Bobby or my wife or the kids. I'm doing it for me. See, if I can't do it for me, I'm not going to do it for anybody else. Look, be honest with yourself. Could you do something extra? And what would that do for you if you did? 
So let's say you got a client. You told the client, client, uh, the client you were going to do X, and then you do X plus another mile. Huh? Who benefits? Who really benefits the most? Oh, Grant, the client benefits the most. No, you do. You benefit the most because you know you did what you said you would do and a little more. Look, it's about you being motivated. Go the extra mile even after you know that you know you've even already satisfied your commitment. You want to stay motivated? Do what others refuse to do. Look, I want you in this practical to make a list of the things you see those people around you unwilling to do. There's an old adage. The adage is, I don't know where it comes from, must be a psychologist. The adage is, do the things you love and you will be successful. I love all these little sweet things people put on the outside of a book. Do the things you love. If you love it and passionate about it, you will be successful. Look, this is complete garbage, okay? You got to do the things you hate. You got to do the things nobody wants to do. You got to do the things people refuse to do. That's where the opportunity's at. And you're going to be motivated. Man, I'll do anything. I'll do. And people are going to be like, that guy will do anything. That guy does what everybody else won't do. See? Be willing to get your hands dirty. Be willing to go places other people refuse to go. Do what others refuse to do, and you will. You will be motivated, inspired, and other people will be intimidated. Be willing to fail. Look, failure is possible, but you got to be willing to fail knowing failure is actually impossible. Check it out. The only way you can actually fail is if you give it up, if you quit. If you would just like rework the way you think about failure, hey, can I fail? No, you can't. The only way you can fail is if you quit. If you just line it up like this, I'm going to be willing to fail with every client, every customer, every contact, the mentor, the mastermind group, the invention, the idea, the concept. I'm going to be willing to fail knowing it's not even possible. Dude, failure is actually impossible. Because you're in the game. And if you're in the game pushing, striving, pushing, you know, and really trying to make things happen, if you're dreaming big and going for the big play, failure, failure, failure is impossible. Be willing to fail knowing that failure is actually impossible. In this practical, I want you to write down things you could do and how, if you go do it and then follow up on it, how failing is actually impossible. And you're like, Grant, well, I would fail. No, but you did it. See, you did it and it's impossible now to fail. Just follow it up again. So I want you to do that in the practical. Write down a list of things you could do knowing and how you would know that failure is actually impossible if you just keep pushing on it. Be the most dependable person you know and everyone else knows. Be that go-to guy or gal that when people need a job done, they're like, give it to him or her. Be that person. Okay, be that guy or gal that everyone knows, man, if it's a difficult task, give it to Grant. If it's an impossible task, there's only one person to give it to. When you, when you become that most dependable person that you know and other people know, your confidence is going to be unbelievable. Your belief in yourself and having other people believe in you and flow on you like that, I can depend on Grant. I can trust Grant. Look, I need that from people. That's important to me. It's probably important to you. I want my wife to be able to depend on me. I want my two kids to be able to depend on me and know that he's consistent, he's there, he's trustworthy, and, and my customers need to know that. The marketplace has to know that. I can't have people saying, Grant won't show up. 
look, people need to be able to depend on you in a major way. And you need to know that about you. Because if there's something, anything in your life that you're doing that causes you to think you're not dependable, that's going to lower your motivation. The more dependable you are with yourself, with your commitments, with your delivery, with your successes, with finishing things, the more you're going to motivate. So do a practical here about how you can become the most dependable person you know, and I promise you, your motivation will blow out the roof. Be unique. Let people know you're unique by your actions, not by your tricks, by your actions. What actions are you taking that set you apart from everyone else? Look, you don't have to be a freak. You don't have to dress completely freaked out to get people's attention. That's a gimmick. You want to be known by your actions. You want to be unique by your actions, okay? Anything I can do in the marketplace that would cause me to be set apart from others is going to motivate me. Why? Because it hooks me into my creativity. I don't, I don't want to be like everyone else. I don't want to do what everyone else is doing. I want that value add component, that unique advantage, that thing that people say, you know, that guy's a little different. I mean, I'll give you an example. Okay. I meet a guy and I text him as soon as I'm walking away. Great meeting you today. It's a unique action. Most people don't do that. They take time. They add time. I'm talking about little things you can do right now to make yourself unique by your actions. I could call the guy back tomorrow. I could send him a letter next week. All that would be great. All those are pretty much expected things. I want to do something unique, something out of the ordinary. Think about when you were on a date once and you really wanted to impress that guy or gal. You probably tried to think of something you could do unique. Or maybe when you got married or proposed or when something really meant something to you and you were just fascinated with this. I've got to have this. I've got to figure this out. And you started coming up with unique actions. Look, you'll be more motivated when you start thinking in terms of how you can set yourself apart by your actions and be unique in the marketplace. Do the practical on this. I guarantee you it will jack you up. Hey, do those things that challenge you the most. Quit doing the things that don't challenge you. Look, you got to get challenged. I don't care what it is. Jump out of a plane. Jump off a bridge. Go ask somebody out that, that you know won't go out with you, okay? Go get a client. Go, go, go call Donald Trump's office and see if you can get do something that challenges you. Run for mayor. Do anything that pushes you or challenges you or puts you into a different realm, and I guarantee you, your experience is probably going to be a bit of anxiety, maybe some fear, but underneath that, there's always motivation. Okay, Do things that challenge you the most. Maybe make a list of things that would most challenge you. For instance, when I'm making sales calls, I don't make the easiest ones first. I make the most difficult ones first. I want to get those ones that challenge me the most out of my way or I want to conquer them. Either way, I win. If I make the hardest call first and I win, dude, I'm on fire, baby. Okay, particularly when I put the other 99 tips together with how to stay motivated. Now, if I make that most difficult call and I lose, at least it's out of the way. It's a no-brainer. Most people take the easiest things first. They're not challenging themselves. That's why they're not motivated. I'm telling you, this is a big problem with motivation. People are setting targets too low and doing simple, easy things every day. I mean, I do this with everything. I try to find the best parking space everywhere I go. 
My wife's like, what are you doing going round and round? Dude, I'm going to get a good spot. I guarantee you I'm going to get a good spot. I don't need to settle for a bad spot. I might even, I might even park in a place that says don't park here because I want that good spot. Do the things that challenge you the most. Don't break the law, okay? Don't do things that are unethical, but push yourself. Challenge yourself and do the things that push you the most. Give, give, give. Look, give more than is ever expected of you. In every encounter, give people more than they would have ever expected was even fair. You want to exchange with people in ways that are so abundant, so overwhelming that they're like, dude, you got to stop. You got to quit giving me here, okay? Give people more. And I know what you're thinking. Man, if I do that, people are going to take advantage of me. Most people are not going to take advantage of you. You know what they're going to do? Most people are going to want to reciprocate. They're going to want to take care of you in exchange. Don't worry. Don't worry that people can take advantage of you. That's operating out of scarcity. Give more than is expected of you. And it doesn't mean you're giving your money away. It doesn't mean you're going to give more products away. Give of yourself. Don't just give like, oh, I'm going to discount my product and give them more value. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about give more than is expected of you. I'm giving of myself. How can I make another contact? How can I go out of my way to reach them? How can I touch them on the back, shake their hand? How can I call them again? See, these aren't things I'm giving to them. I'm talking about give more than is expected of you. Give you to them, whether it's enthusiasm, energy, uh, ideas, offers. Hey, let me be there for you. How can I help you? Offerings. Give more of yourself than is expected of you, and you will be more motivated. Maybe make a list of how you can do this in your life today. Have daily targets. Just like you have a lifetime target, a monthly target, an annual target, okay, hopefully, have some daily targets. What do you want to accomplish today? What do you want to hit today? Who do you want to contact today? What would be a successful day? Did I wake up on time? Did I go to sleep? Did I spend time with the family? Did I spend time with the kids? Did I get my workout in? What's your daily target? What are we doing here again? Oh, it's a hundred ways to stay motivated. Why would I want to focus on my daily target? Because I want to see what I'm accomplishing. Why? It's fuel. It makes me feel good about myself. Rather than focusing on the losses and the failures and and I didn't do this and I didn't do that, I want to stay focused on my daily target. What do I want to accomplish today? What would make today a great day? In this practical, write down your daily target. What are you focused on today? What would make it a great day? What do you have to see happen today that would make it a target worth achieving and make you feel good about yourself? Do the most difficult things first, not last. Look, you're putting it off. Procrastination is going to break your back. Procrastination is fuel to negativity. Okay, you want to do the most difficult things first on your list. Whatever you don't want to do, the call you don't want to make, the customer or client you don't want to see, that thing that you're like, oh, God, I hate it. Look, this morning I wake up and I get this email and I look at this thing from Fannie Mae. You know this big group? Government, securitized exchanges. They fund most of the housing. I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this because it's complicated. It's like 600 pages. First thing I did that day was not the other 72 phone calls that were easy. It was the, the one I want to knock out. Why? Because I want to do the most difficult things first, take them off my plate and go hit the other 71. It gave me fuel. Trust me, try this. Just do this. I promise you. In this practical, make a list of the most difficult things you have to do today. And trust me, do them first and watch how you feel about yourself. And watch what it does for the other things that you have to do. 
push yourself to do more than you think is possible. Maybe get a trainer. Maybe get somebody to assist you in pushing you to that next place. Many times you can't push yourself any harder. I need somebody else to actually say, hey, you can do this, man. Let's do this. Push yourself. Put me on a clock. You can do more weight. Whatever. Push yourself to do more than you think is possible. Why? To wear yourself out? No. To motivate yourself. To realize, oh my God, I can do more. The moment a person gets, I can do more, Oh my gosh, forget that you just did more. Now the door's open, okay? The door's open. Oh, well, what else is possible? It's that second, that moment that somebody realizes I can lift more weight, I can go faster, I can call on another person, I can actually meet somebody I thought was out of reach. When you push yourself to do more than you think is possible, hey, you get way more than maybe what you got at that second. The door's open. Push yourself to do more than you think or others think is possible. Visit your customers in person. Look, you need to make personal contact with the people that can make things better for you. You can't do all this on Facebook and Twitter and just email. you got to make contact with people. It's not enough. It is not enough to just be in the machine age. You want to go out and touch people. Something happens. I don't know. Something magical happens when two people meet two people and I keep meeting people. And I talked about that in earlier segments. Extrovert. Go reach the people. Meet people. Add people to your arsenal. There's there's something magical that happens when human beings, spiritual beings, touch one another. And it's not just machines and posts and email. Visit your customers in person. Add the number of people every day that you're going to visit in person and watch how motivated you get. Hey, call your problem customers. Call them personally, call them quickly, and call them often. Grant, why would I do that? That doesn't motivate me. That's because you don't have that that muscle built yet. Look, the people that are a problem are literally taking attention units from you right now. It's grabbing pieces and parts of the way you think all day long, and you're worried about them, and then you avoid them, and then you lose your motivation. Look, handle the problems first. Remember that? Handle the difficult problems first. Call those problem customers personally. Call them quickly. Stay on them. Turn them around, and you're going to be motivated to say, my God, man, I could have lots more people If I can handle those people, I can handle anybody. Make a list in this practical of any problem customers that you have your attention on. Maybe anything that you have out in your life that you didn't handle some customer or cousin, some somebody, you didn't handle them right, make a list of those people and and as fast as you possibly can, contact them and see if you can resolve it. Bring more to the game. Bring more to the presentation. Bring more to the battlefield than you would ever need. That's right, load up. All the ammo you need, all the supplies you need, always go into every situation more prepared with data, information, content, ammo, artillery, if you will, than you could possibly use. What's that going to do for you? You're going to be motivated. You're going to be like, okay, man, I'm ready. I'm prepared. And if you ain't ready and you ain't prepared, bring the ammo, bring the artillery, bring your arsenal, show up anyway. Bring more to your presentation than you could ever use, and you'll cover yourself no matter what happens. Complete every task you start. Once you start it, finish it. One of the things that motivates me the most is knowing I got a bunch of stuff done today. When I don't get stuff done and when I leave these tasks undone, 
Oh my gosh, they just kill me. They start draining and sucking at my creativity. And, and even I don't want to get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, I got all this stuff that I haven't finished. Complete every task once you start it, no matter how simple it is. You open a piece of mail, there's a bill in it, get that bill paid right now, okay? You got a customer called in with a complaint, handle it right now. Whatever the task is, no matter how mundane, no matter how menial, no matter how much of a problem, complete it once you start the task. What's that going to do for you? It's going to give you confidence that you're a finisher, a completer, a closer. Complete every task once you start it. Respond to every comment and acknowledgement you get. I don't care if it's you're on a stage and somebody's applauding for you. Respond. Thank you very much. If it's a question, a post on Facebook or Twitter, if they even exist in the future, who knows? Respond to every like, dislike, comment. Make sure you do something to let people know, hey, thank you very much. I know you commented. It is critical, vital that you keep the communication going. When somebody sends something to you, you've got to respond. I don't care how busy you are. If you don't have the time to do it, get somebody else to say thank you. I appreciate that. We're looking at that. Respond to everything. Why? Why is that important? Because it's going to motivate you to know that you can be everywhere, that you can get everything done, that you can communicate with everyone. You're going to not have these, these, these ideas or concepts. Hey, I'm not responding to people. I'm not talking to people. I'm not communicating. Respond to everything. Respond to everyone. Respond to every like, comment, even to the people that complain. Respond. Show up early for everything. Vince Lombardi had this 15-minute rule where you had to show the champions, he said, show up 15 minutes early. Look, if you want to take some stress out of your life, okay, if you want to be excited and motivated, show up early for every event. Don't show up late. Don't, you know, Grant, you said you should rush from everything, from one event to the next event. You should be running. Yes, you should, and you should show up early. So what you're there 10 minutes early or 15 minutes early or five minutes early? Hey, it's better to be early than to be late. I'll never forget, I was 26 years old, showed up two minutes late for a meeting. I felt bad, and that's a problem. Look, if you're going in feeling bad about it because you're late and you're having, no, oh, guys, I'm sorry I'm late. I got caught in traffic and then and the traffic and the ambulance got in front of me and, and you're spending all your energy making up excuses, exaggerating, maybe even lying. Why? Because you didn't get there early. Dude, I, the ambulance had nothing to do with you being late. You didn't leave early to show up early and that's why you were late. You want to be motivated? You want to stay excited? You want to feel good about yourself? You want to be ethical, dependable? You want to be the go-to guy or gal? You want to be the person everybody counts on? Show up early and show up early for everything. You want to get really excited? Try this before you go to sleep at night. Laying down at nine o'clock? Dare you to do this. Make a list of people that if you contacted them, they would change your life. And I'll bet you can't fall asleep, okay? Uh, what I want you to do is each night I want you to make a list of contacts, people that would change your life if you could hook up with them. Maybe you're starting a new business or you got a product or a service or you got a company or you're getting out of college or whatever the deal is, okay? Make a list of people that if you could get in touch with them, they would change your life forever. I'm not worried. Don't worry about whether you're going to contact them or how you're going to contact them. Who would those five people do? Write that list down every night and watch what happens to you. I, I, there's something magical. Okay, I did this one night. I'm, I literally, I, I started having dreams about these people. It literally worked me for the next eight hours of sleep. Okay, make a list of people that if you could make contact with them, touch them, email them, get in front of them, go to their office. If you could just get in front of these people, they would change your life. 
Get in a mastermind group. Surround yourself with winners. Get in a group of people that meets at least once a week that are winners, not sinners. People that are, are like, they want to expand and blow up. They want to do this potential thing. They want to operate on their, their duty and their obligation. Surround yourself with winners. Look, if I could take the, the, your five best friends and see their body weight, okay, how their marriage is, and what their net worth is, I'll bet you, I'll bet you I could identify at least two of the three conditions of your life. Probably your body weight, probably your financial condition, and probably how your marriage is in. At least two of the three of those is going to be exactly what the five, your five best friends, your group, your buddies. Oh, we're all buddies. You don't need buddies. You need winners around you. You need to surround yourself with a mastermind group. Once a week you meet and hope that you outgrow these guys as quick as you possibly can. And then you go get another group of players. Look, you don't want to keep the same friends you've had your whole life. Okay. I had a buddy tell me, I, me, and, me and Gus here, we've been buddies since we were freaking three years old. You, 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 you complaining, right? Okay. I mean, you understand this is a problem. Having childhood friends, okay? I, I know you think it's a big deal. Look, you need some new friends. You need some new winners. You need to be reaching up. You need to be go, go grab people that know more, been done more, have more, creating more, dreaming bigger. Those people can teach you so much. They'll be fuel, fuel, motivation, and inspiration for you tomorrow and going forward. Get in a mastermind group. Want to stay motivated every week, every month, 365 days of the year? challenge you to read a book a week. One book a week, 52 books a year. Can you do it? Could you eat a book? Grant, I don't like to read. Good. Then get the book on audio and listen to it. One book a week. The average American, the average American reads one book a year, a year. And most of those people that read the book don't even finish it. So if you want to separate yourself from other people, if you don't want to play fair, if you want to reach your full potential, if success is your duty, okay, if you want to stay motivated, do read a book a week. Read a book a week. Consume it. Eat it. Okay? Grant, you know, I, I read a book once and it was a bad book. Good. Good. Go read another book. You're going to have to read some bad books to get to the good ones. You're looking for that one or two things. Those three things maybe out of one book. Oh, my God. That, got, that was good. That, 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 that filled my tank up. It kept me motivated till I get to the next book. Grant, I don't have time to read a book. Yes, you do. Make a commitment, overcommit to it, eat the book, consume it, surround yourself with great people, you'll be motivated, I'm telling you. you how would you like to have a 52 to 1 advantage over everybody else that you compete with? Oh, I'd like that. Good. Read a book a week. 52 to 1 advantage. Cut out the negative people. Look, you need to make a list of your friends, family, okay, extended family and direct family, people you're living with, the people you work with, employees, even clients, and look at who you need to cut out. There is no way everyone in your life is actually good for you. Cut out the negative people. I have a little sign here that says no negativity allowed here. It's a policy. It's saying, look, it's not tolerated. So if I got a cousin, an uncle, an aunt, my mom, my dad, my spouse, my kids, uh, an employee, a customer that's being negative, I'm like, here's the warning, pal. Maybe I need to sit down and have a talk with them. I remember this, this girl that used to come to our parties, and her name started with an M, and she came to the parties, and I told my wife, I'm like, you need to take her off the list. She's negative. Get rid of negative people. Oh, Grant, I, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Okay, so what are you going to do? You're going to pay the price? 
Negative people are contagious, just like positive people are contagious. Why are you going to get in a mastermind group, spend time, energy, and money surrounding yourself with a mastermind group of positive people, and then going out and getting great partners, and then spending time eating the right food, staying away from sugars, drinking a lot of water, doing the right things, and reading a book each week, and then all of a sudden you, you, you say, hey, oh, Mr. John over here is contaminated, negativity, radioactive. He literally puts out such a bad vibe. You can feel him before he walks in a room. Look, folks, you got to make some decisions. You need to reach up, not sideways and not down, and you need to not tolerate the negativity. It will kill you. It will kill your business. It will kill your dreams. But first, it's going to kill your motivation. One of the first things I'll do when I'm not feeling energized is look for who's trying to rob my energy, steal from me like, like, a, like a thief. Cut the negative people out. Stay uncomfortable. That's right. Stay uncomfortable and meet new people. Do you think anyone is comfortable when they're meeting new people? I, I don't think so. I don't think I'm a freak case, okay? I don't think I'm the only guy in the room that's uncomfortable walking up and saying, my name's Grant, what's your name? And then I forget their name and they forget my name, okay? I don't think I'm the only one that has a bad memory and that is uncomfortable meeting new people. I think this is just a human condition. I don't know why it is, what caused it, how it happened, don't even care. I just know this. I need to meet new people. I need to be the person that mixes it up, that walks up and says, hey, my name's Grant. Look, if you're an event, you're at an event or a party or a convention, everybody's going there for the same reason right? They're going in to meet people, to hook up, to make connections, to network. Be uncomfortable. Stay uncomfortable. That would, also, that, that would actually be staying uncomfortable, be an indication that you're pushing through something. And when you stay uncomfortable, meet one person, meet a second person, meet a third person, you meet three people you don't know, you forget all their names and meet a fourth person, a fifth person, a sixth person. Look, forget the contacts. You're doing you're moving through your discomfort, and that's going to motivate you. You're extroverting. You're practicing this muscle of extroversion and getting yourself known, and you're going to be like, you're going to feel better about yourself. That's what the 100 Ways to Stay Motivated is about. It's about your personal sense of self. Stay uncomfortable. Meet new people. Make the context. Make yourself known. Hey, do the things you're scared to do. Don't pull away from the things that you're scared of. Look, we're all scared of things. We're human beings. There's going to be things you're scared of, but the more things you can overcome that you're scared of, the more motivated you're going to be, the more self-confidence you're going to have, the more inspired you're going to be, the more dependable you're going to be. Because if you're pulling away in life from anything, investing, learning, education, people, meetings, if you're pulling away, that's not a motivator. If you're moving into, regardless of the outcome, if you're moving into the things you fear, man, you're going to be motivated. You're going to be like, I'll do anything. Courage. Courage is an action. Courage is not some, some uh, label you get. Courage, the label, is giving to those people that actually did something they were scared of. Do things you're scared of. Actually make a list of the things you're scared of and start doing them one at a time. I don't care what it is. If you're scared of it, move to it. Do it. Oh, Grant, what about things that are bad for me? Look, I'm not talking about that. Don't mix these subjects up, okay? If it's not good for you, it's unethical. You don't want to do it. Do the things you're scared of, you're fearful of, the customer, the clientele, uh, the sales call you needed to make, uh, maybe uh, that, that activity. You don't want to jump out of a plane. You're like, I'm scared of heights. Good. Go handle it. Go approach it, confront it, deal with it, beat it. 
That's how you get motivation. Motivation isn't something you go to the, the Exxon station and put gas in your car. It's not like you can't go get it like that. You've got to refuel yourself. And these are little tricks that you can do. Do the things you're scared to do. Make that contact. Call your governor. Get in that meeting. Go to that MLM meeting. Go do the things you're scared to do. Okay? Go handle the problems in your life that you're scared to handle, and I guarantee you, you're going to be more motivated. What I, what I want you to do in the practical here is I want you to write down five or six things that you're scared to do, and I want you to knock one out today. Surround yourself with positive reminders. Look, if you, if you study the people that are really, really great, that are just excelling at a different level, that are excited all the time, they surround themselves. They literally create their environment. Like, like I have all these little signs, your greatness, okay? No negativity allowed here. Somebody's like, oh, you're always coming up with these little gimmicks to sell people. Only positivity allowed. Greatness doesn't come without training. And they're like, you, you come up with all these gimmicks. I'm like, these gimmicks are for me. They're not for you. I want to I control my environment. I don't just want to walk into an environment and have blank space on the wall. I want to walk in and know what I have. If I walk into your office, what do I see? I see your kids. I see pictures of your kids, right? I see a dog. I see stuff that makes you feel good, maybe. Or maybe I see this. A couple pictures of your kids that are outdated. They're old, three or four or five years old. Or it happened 17 years ago, and you got a picture of your little kids 17 years ago. Man, you got to surround yourself with something positive. What about the future? What about your goals? Are your goals in your office? Are they at home? I got pictures of stuff I want that there is no way I have enough time to actually attain these things. I have pictures, images around me. I have uh, dreams. I got goals. I want to see them surrounded and I want positive, positive information around me. That's why I'm telling you, read a book every week. Quit watching the news. Make the news. Read books. Listen to audio programs. Surround yourself with positive messages. Because that is the way you're going to be able to stay positive, stay motivated, and stay excited. And then maybe, then maybe, just maybe, the people that come into your environment, the people that come into your environment will actually be influenced by the positive images and signs of your environment. Reach up for new friends. You need to go get some new friends and you need to reach up, not sideways and not down. Look, it's easy to get friends, okay? Now the question is, what friends? Most people are not creating more friends because they're not excited about having more friends like the friends they got now. So they quit getting new friends. I'm going to tell you something that's going to motivate you, and it's going to motivate you and your family big time and also people in your business. Y'all need to have, have, a, have a list, have a, a goal or an objective to go get some new friends this month or this week, but these new friends, you're going to reach up for them. You're going to reach up above where you are. Now, I know in America, we don't talk about class here. If you go to England, there's classes of people. Everybody, it's not a problem. Everybody's like, they're totally fine with it in France and England. I'm the working class and that's where I am. And that's my friends. And that's the way it's going to be. See, that's why those people are stuck in that, 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 that genre, that class. They're stuck because they've agreed to be stuck. There's no victims here, folks. They made an agreement to go with this seven year, 700 year old idea or concept or 2000 year old concept. Hey, man, I'm, I'm the working class or I'm this class or I'm that class. Look, reach up, reach up for new friends, reach up and get out of this class that you're in. Even though they're not identified here in the United States, there's classes. I'm in the middle class. I'm in the lower middle class. I'm in the upper middle class. Okay. 
So reach up to the next level. Reach up for new friends, new acquaintances. Reach up. Everybody's dissatisfied with their friends. Everybody wants new friends. Everybody's interested in a new life and new, new ideas and new conversations. Come on, admit it. You got friends. You've had friends for so long, you know every freaking story they got. Go get you some new friends and reach up for new stories. Ask those that are more successful than you for guidance. Now, this is not the mastermind group I talked about earlier. I'm talking about you actually going to get a mentor, somebody, a mentor that, that maybe has had more success. I'm not just talking about a life coach here because you got to be a little careful. There's a lot of life coaches out there that haven't created any success. I want you to go reach out to someone that is, that is a mass serious success, you know, a series of maybe entrepreneurial efforts or, and they, and they got it, they got it going on in every area of their life, not just one area. You don't want just one part of life. You want it all, right? We're reaching for greatness, not goodness here. So what you want to do is pick a person or maybe two people that you can go to and say, Hey, I need help. I need guidance. I need direction. I don't want anything from you except maybe once a month or twice a month. If you could just give me a little bit of guidance. Now, when you ask these people for that, understand their time is precious. If they're successful, their time is precious. They do want to help people. This does inspire them. They're likely to say yes, but please, okay, don't go there and tell them, talk to them. You know, don't do more talking than you do listening. Ask them for guidance, take it, use it, execute on it, but go surround yourself or get at least one person that is more successful than you that you can get guidance from. Make continued and regular investments in yourself, okay? Make investments in you. It is the only safe guaranteed payback on any investment is in you. Continued investments, regular investments in what? Not in the stock market. Not in real estate, not in gold or silver or the bond market, but in you. Warren Buffett says, one in one million people understand inflation. One in one million understand the concept of inflation, which, by the way, happens to every single person on planet Earth. He says the only way, the only way to fight inflation, the best investment with inflation is in yourself. It's not real estate, gold, silver. It's not stocks. It's in you. So you want to stay motivated? Here's the trick. Here's a trick I've used for my whole life turned around when I was 25 years old because I started doing this, making continued and regular investments in myself. If you're going to a workshop once a year, that is not regular, okay? That is not regular. Once a year is not regular and it's not continued. You want to make continued and regular investments in the best thing you got going for you, which is what? In you. New ideas, new techniques, new technologies, new strategies, motivation. Go to workshops to learn and connect with other people. Just like reading books, just like reaching up, just like surrounding yourself with positive people, just like getting... Uh, in this mastermind group, look, man, leave your city, your town, and your village and extrovert beyond your community and go to another state. Get on a plane, go to a workshop, learn and connect. You know that vacation that you need? And I said, hey, if you're going to do it, exhaust it while you're on that vacation. Why don't you set up a couple of workshops to go to so you can write off the trip? Okay. 
That's what I'm telling you here, okay? Look, stay motivated. Even on your time off, figure out how can I mix the two up so I'm jacked excited. Bill Gates, it was said Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, read, I don't know, 13 or 14 books on a three-week vacation with his wife. And somebody said, oh, poor Melissa. I think her name's Melissa, right? Melissa, Melinda, something like that. Poor Melissa. She's probably the one saying, read, boy, read. Okay? So when you're out of town, okay, or somewhere in your calendar, three or four times a year, go to a workshop, not just to learn, but also to connect with other people that are doing the same thing. Avoid those that refuse to assume responsibilities for every outcome in their life. Look, don't give them the preach. Don't try to convince them to be responsible. Don't even have the conversation with them. It's just going to be an argument. Just avoid them. Avoid people that refuse to accept responsibility. If you can't change your mind, if you can't see them, can't get them to see the light of day, just leave them alone. Man, Grant, it seems like you're, you're, you know, you're pretty quick to get rid of people. There's 7 billion people on planet. I'm looking for the right ones. Okay? That means I got to get rid of some of the furniture in my house. You understand? Every deal you make is not a good deal. Every client you have is not a good client. You got to make a decision to get rid of something to make room for what you want. You're not a slave. You have choices. It's called freedom. And if you got if you're surrounded with people that won't accept responsibility, guess what those people are going to end up doing with you, okay? Oh, it's your fault. Sooner or later, baby, they're going to be pointing a finger at you, okay? Avoid people that don't assume responsibility. Maybe in this practical, you can make a list of those people. Hey, don't make the list too big without putting you on it. Throw the old concept of balance out the window. Seek to be exceptional in every area of your life. You know, the people that are looking for balance, we need balance. I need balance in every area of my life. I want some balance. Dude, I don't want balance. I want exceptional in every area. I want the finances to be exceptional. I want the business to be exceptional. I want the marriage to be exceptional, which is different than the relationship that I have with my kids. I want that to be exceptional too. Seek to be exceptional, not balance. You don't want balance. You want it all. Be a greedy hog. You want it all, baby, okay? See, that's the difference between successful people and average people. Successful people are like, I want it all. I want everything. Average people are like, okay, I got to settle. If, I got, if I'm going to have this, then I got to give this up. Don't do that to yourself. Seek exceptional and watch how motivated you are. Exceptional in everything. Look to control time. Don't manage time. I'm not interested in managing time. Look, I'm going to take the 15 minutes on this watch right here. I love watches. I rarely even set the timer on them. You know why? Because I don't care what time it is. I want to take whatever time I have right now, and I want to, I want to condense as much activity as I can into that moment. I'm not looking at managing an hour. I'm looking at eating minutes. Seconds. I want to control time, not manage it. You know, I want to control my kids. I don't want to manage my kids. I want to control my 24 hours in a day, my 168 hours in a week. I want to be in control of it. I want to control my car and all the traffic that I'm around. I don't want to manage the traffic. Dude, what kind of job is that? I'm, I'm, I'm managing traffic. Hey, hey, you over here. Hey, you over here. I want to control the traffic. You get it? I want to control my customers. And you're like, Grant, you want to control your kids? Dude, I want to control everything. I want control. I don't want to manage a plane. I want to control the plane. So I want you to think now, today, okay, just 
start thinking in 15 minute blocks. I got a 15 minute block. Do I want to manage those 15 minutes or do I want to control how much I can get done in 15 minutes? See the thought, the difference here? I don't want to manage it. I want to control it. Do you want to be the manager of the business or the controller of the business? You get it? You want to control planet earth or you want to manage planet earth? I don't want to manage planet earth. Man, that's overwhelming. I want to control it. Now I'm in charge. Same thing I want to do with time. I want to control time, not manage time. Schedule your day in 15-minute blocks. Tie these 15-minute blocks down and you're going to find yourself not wasting time. Don't look at hours or an hour or uh, the, you know, the first half of the day or the last half of the day. I want you to get down to 15-minute segments and block them all out. Okay, in this 15 minutes, I'm going to see, I'm going to call these 15 customers in 15 minutes. As opposed to managing blocks of time or an hour, I want you to condense it, even down to maybe six minutes. So you'd have eight six-minute pieces of, a, of an hour. Guarantee you're going to get more done. Eat little pieces of the pie. Cram it. Jam it. Do everything you can to get as much done as you can in 15 minutes or six 10-minute blocks or, what, 12 five-minute blocks. Watch what happens. Do that when you're working out. Do it when you're with your family. Do it when you're with your clients during the day. Block it out. 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Think about being, you're running for president of the United States. You think those guys don't control time? You think they're playing with managing time? No, they got somebody managing their calendar. The guy running the show, the guy that is the show, the guy going to be president, better control time. And, he, and somebody better be blocking out 10 minutes or 15-minute blocks. Try that. Schedule your day in 15-minute blocks and cram, cram as much as you possibly can into those 15 minutes. Make quality time for your family every day. Not every once in a while, every day. Make the time. You know, I remember when we had our first baby at my house. I was like, okay, what am I going to do to make quality time here? I had my schedule. I've been working this routine out for 50 years, right? And all of a sudden, I have this baby, and I'm like, oh, I got, I got to figure out some time with this kid. I'm not talking about my wife now, and I'm not talking about my business. I'm talking about this new little infant that was born. And so I'm like, okay, what do I got to do? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up an hour earlier than I normally would. I'm going to work it out with her routine when she gets up, and I'm going to have that quality time with that little girl. We had another little girl three years later. Now I got to figure that out with her. So look, you got to figure it out. And that's why I'm telling you, don't manage time, control time. Get it all done. Don't get pieces and parts of it done. I know too many people that have money, but no quality life with their family. I know people that have a lot of quality time with their family and they don't have the money. So you don't want that. You want it all, right? So how do you get that? Decide to make quality time for your family every day, for all the, all the different individuals in that family. Maybe for you it includes a mom and a dad and brothers. I got to literally put that on my calendar. When am I going to call my sister, my twin brother? When am I going to talk to my cousin I hadn't seen in years? Because if I don't do it, if I don't have it on my calendar, if I haven't made a commitment to make quality time for my family, extended family, look, if I can't do that for them, Guarantee it's going to fall off with my clients, my customers, my dreams, myself. Make quality time for your family. Put it on there every day that you're going to make contact with one of those people. Because trust me, and I know a lot about this, there's going to be a day when you can't share quality time with some of your family members. Keep statistics on everything important to you. Everything that's important to me, I actually keep a graph on workouts, time with family, time with children, time with wife, movies, dates, money, okay, investments, 
business, clients, follow-up, incoming calls, outbound calls, mail, everything that will generate something of value to me, I want to keep a graph on. Keeping statistics allows me to be logical and unemotional and shows me where I can start moving the bar. See, if, you, if you're not measuring it, you're going to go into some like mystery about it. If you don't measure it, you're in mystery. Mystery is not a good thing. Okay, I don't want to just trust. I want to know. And the way to know is to keep statistics. So if I could run, if, I, if I'm running a 60, 60 yard uh, you know, sprint, I want to keep my clock on it because I want to see if I can make it a little faster each time. If I'm making $60,000, I want and to, and it took me 60,000 phone calls, I want to keep statistics on that because I know if I fall underneath those phone calls or I don't do that phone call right, something's out. I can look at the statistic and figure out what I got to do to hit that target. Keep statistics on everything important to you. It's going to get you out of this mystery mess of, oh my gosh, what's going on? And you come up with all these other reasons that puts you back in control of like, oh, I just need to change these numbers and this graph will start going this way. That'll motivate you. It'll keep you excited and it'll keep you focused. Keep a full calendar. You want to stay motivated? You got to slam that calendar. Not just those 15 minute blocks I talked about, not just the day. I'm talking about the Monday to Tuesday, the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday. Get it out of your head and put it on a calendar. I don't care if it's, it's an electronic calendar, it's a CRM, or it, it's a, it's the old fashioned calendars where you put it in with a pencil. Slam that calendar full. If you got to make stuff up to put it on that calendar, I don't mean lie to yourself. I mean make up creative stuff that you can do in those slots. So you're controlling time. There's 168 hours in a week. Do you know how many there are in a month? Do you know how many there are in a year? Do you know how many there are in a lifetime? How many Sundays do you have left? Do you know? Same person's like, oh, I don't have enough time. You don't even know how many Sundays you got, baby. Okay? Keep a full calendar. Jam every Sunday. Jam your Saturdays. Take every seven days, man, and fill it up as much as you can. Pack as much as you can in it. Run from event to event. Slam as much as you can into life. Say yes to everything possible. Keep your calendar full and you will be motivated. What I want you to do in this exercise now, this practical, I want you to sit down with the next seven days and I want you to slam that thing. Two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock on a Tuesday. And then what on Wednesday? And then what on Thursday? And then what are you doing at 10 o'clock at night? Oh, you're sleeping. What are you doing at nine? Oh, I went to sleep. What are you doing at 8.30 to nine o'clock? You get it? When you're waking up at four o'clock in the morning, you're not going to wake up if there's nothing to do. Slam it. Keep your calendar full, jam-packed. Eat as much as you can of that calendar. Go to bed early. I know this sounds crazy. You're like, Grant, you look like a guy that would play all night. Okay, no, I don't stay up all night. I go to bed. I control the time when I go to sleep at night. And maybe that's what I should say here. Go to sleep, not go to bed. Okay, go to sleep early. Look, after about nine or 10 o'clock, okay, if you're not producing something, you're probably getting in trouble or you're just, you know, probably taking in a bunch of garbage off the TV. If you can control when you go to sleep at night, you have better control when you wake up in the morning. People that are having difficulties in life typically stay up too late. And they watch garbage on TV or they end up in trouble or they end up doing stuff they don't feel good about tomorrow. So if you could start controlling when you go to sleep at night. For years, people have asked me, dude, how much sleep do you get? Do you get like three hours or four hours? You seem so productive. No, man, I try to get seven or eight hours every night. Why? Because me being rested is important. Me being rested is critical. I can think fresh. 
I know people say, oh, you get three hours of sleep. Good for you, dude. You're going to burn up. You're going to burn up. You're crispy. You get crispy critter. You get start thinking weird. You get irritable. I tried the three or four hour program. I was irritable, jumpy, sharp with people. Nine o'clock. Try to get in bed. Try to go to sleep. Okay. Control when you go to sleep at night. You'll stay out of trouble. You won't be taking in garbage late at night. And you can control when you wake up early. Get a head start on everybody else. Okay. Go to bed early. Be the first one up. I want to see that sun pop. Okay. I want to know I beat the sun up. This powerful mechanism called the sun. And I whooped it this morning because I was up before it was up. I've already gotten more done than all my competition. Look, if I go to sleep at nine o'clock, okay, add three hours to that, it's midnight. Add another three hours, it's 3 a.m. I'm at six hours. By seven full hours of good sleep, it's four o'clock in the morning. That means I'd have a three or four hour head start on everybody else, including the sun which is a tremendous energy source, right? I want to be the first one up in my company. I want to be the first one up in my neighborhood. Look, I want to be the first one up in my city saying, baby, let's rock and roll. When everybody else is having their first cup of coffee, I've already finished dressing, working out, writing my goals. I got a head start, baby. Don't play fair. Don't ever play fair. Be ethical, but don't play fair. How do I do that? Go to sleep early. Get up first. Get a head start. Early bird early bird gets the worm, gets that big head start. Try that. Okay. I promise you. Okay. You'll, you, you might be tired. You might be thinking, Oh, I just want to lo- roll over and, and, and sleep a little bit more. Look, force yourself out of bed early, beat two or three hours ahead of everybody else. And I guarantee you the motivation will be unbelievable. Run everywhere you go. Stay so busy that you are actually having to run from one activity to the next. You want to stay stacked. Okay. I want to stay so busy that I don't have any white space on my calendar. Look, white space, white space, doing nothing, having too much time in between events is killing you. You lose your motivation. You know, I watch people go out into the marketplace and they win and then they take a break. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That is just plum stupid. When you win, you don't stop and take a break. It's not time to vacation. Now's the time to run to the next event and use that motivation. Use the energy from the last win. Stay so busy that you're running everywhere you go. Look, I have a saying. If you want to meet the devil, just don't do anything. You won't even have to go get him. He'll come to you. Because too much time... Okay, too much white space, too much not doing, too much not being busy is a problem. You're not inspired, you're not motivated, and fear starts coming in. Doubt starts coming in. The devil comes to meet you, okay? Oh my God, man, nothing's happening, nothing's going on. Stay so busy that you're running everywhere. Dude, I don't even care where you run. Run anywhere, in any direction. I don't even care if it's the wrong place. Just run as fast as you can. And if you find out you're going in the wrong direction, run some other direction, okay? Stay so busy that you're running from one customer, one event, one activity to the next one. But Grant, I'm going to burn out doing that. No, you're not. You're burning out doing doing what you're doing now. People don't burn out because they work. People don't burn out because they're they're running and busting and, 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 and activity to activity. People burn out when there's nothing going on. Okay? Stay so busy that you're running everywhere you go. Schedule short breaks. Look, if you need a little short breaks during the day, I'm talking about short, baby. I'm talking about short, short. I'm talking about, hey, take a 45-second break. What? 
Take a 45-second break. Yeah, you're on the phone. You're making phone calls. Take a 45-second break. Take a short break. Hit it again. And actually watch the 45 seconds go away, okay? See, you, you, you're not controlling time right now. You need a short break? Take a short break. But how long is the short break? Oh, I'm going to take a short break, Sherry. I'm a, I'll be back, Sherry. I'm going to take a short break. What does that mean? Short is 40 seconds, okay? Schedule some, short, schedule some short breaks during the day and watch how it motivates you to get back on it, hit it again. In fact, it might actually make it unnecessary for you to take the break at all, okay? Hey, have a discussion on this concept of short breaks and write a practical on it, how you could take four short breaks today and see what they do for you to get you excited. Get things done before you're required to get them done. That's right. Get them done way before you're required to get them done. Don't wait until the deadline. People that wait till the deadline to get stuff done ain't getting much done. Dude, I get it. I get it. Somebody says, hey, Grant, we need this done. I'm driving in a car on the way over here. Boom, I do it on the way over there. I don't wait until I get to an office. I don't wait till I get to a place. I don't wait till I can gather all my thoughts. Produce, produce production. Okay. Hey man, it creates motivation. Okay. I don't need to do it perfect. I don't need to do it right. I need to get it done. I need to get it done before it's required of me. I need to get it done faster than I thought or anybody else thought I could get it done and I'll be motivated. What's worth more than that? Okay. So I had some bad grammar and I jammed a comma on the iPad in a place it shouldn't have been. I misspelled the word. We'll fix that later, baby. Get it done before you're required and watch how motivated you are. Break your life into priorities, sectors, little pieces of a pie like finances and marriage and kids and, and, and physical, you know, you know how I'm taking care of my body and my emotional and my spiritual and my, my financial and the things that are important to you. You know, your time off or new discoveries or adventures. Break your life into categories and then I want you to do this. Win at every one of them. Just slay the dragon in every one of them. Just become a champion in every area. So in this practical, what I want you to do is I want you to break your life into those pieces that are priorities, that are important, that are valuable to you, that, you, that you're out there fighting for every day. Break those into pieces. And then I want you to basically mark on a scale from 1 to 10. 10 is you're a champion in that space, okay? And a 1 is that you're not doing very good, okay? And I want you to mark those off and then figure out where you're at, and then I want you to make a commitment. Dude, I'm going to be a champion I'm going to win the freaking Super Bowl in this space. Daily battle plan. Write a daily to-do list. What you got to do, the wood you got to chop, the calls you got to make, the appointments you got to have. You need that daily battle plan. I'm going into battle every day, baby. I'm putting on my gear. I'm rolling out there. I'm watered up, readied up. I got my little snack. I got my 15-minute slots, and I'm going into battle. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to work a schedule. I'm not going to do a job. I'm going to prosper. I'm going out into the marketplace to eat what I kill. That's the environment you're in, folks. You need to go into battle every day, knowing I'm going into a plan of action to execute. Let everybody else show up or just work or just do their job, and you're coming with a daily battle plan. Write your daily battle plan for today. Start now. Be honest, and be honest with yourself, not just everyone else. Look, I know people that are like, oh, I'm honest with everyone. Yeah, but you're not honest with you. Be honest with you. That's where it starts. I got to get honest with me before I get honest with the rest of the world. I'm dealing with me every day. You're dealing with you every day. So the first thing that you and I must do to stay motivated is to get completely honest 
with ourselves. What's our potential? What are we capable of? How much can we do? You know, what is my potential like we talked about earlier? What am I, what am I capable of doing in 15 minutes? How many phone calls can I make? How many contacts can I make? How much do I fear that I'm, that I'm not willing to do? What are the things that I need to go do that would actually make me bigger, better, stronger, and more capable of providing for myself, my family, and my business? Be honest with yourself. It starts with you. How much more can you get accomplished in a day? How many hours do you really have? I hear people every day say, oh, I don't have enough time. Really? How many hours are in a week? Uh, I don't know. You're not even being honest with yourself. The first thing you're saying is I don't have enough time. You don't even know the calculation yet. You got plenty of time. You're not doing anything with it. Get honest. If you were late, don't blame it on the traffic. You were late because you didn't leave soon enough. Be honest with yourself first, and then being honest with other people is going to be simple. You can't be motivated if you're not honest with yourself. Stay involved with your community. Be social. Stay connected. Extrovert yourself. Too many people are staying at home. They're in the kitchen. They're at their house. They spend time in this confines of this house that is so important to them. Look, there's nothing there. Look, you want to go out into the community, extrovert into the community where people are. You need attention. People need to know you. You got to become a celebrity. You need to make the news, not watch the news. You need to do something great, not good. Look, all that requires people. That means you need to stay connected to your community, your church, the PTA, the schools, the government, politics, all the things your family said stay out of. Look, go do it. Extrovert. Meet strangers. Like my little three-year-old, I'm like, go meet that man over there. I don't know that man. Go meet him. Okay. But I don't know him. He's a stranger. Go meet him. I need her to meet strangers. That's what I'm telling you here. You want to get motivated? Make new friends. Reach up for those friends. Go get involved in the community. Be willing to touch everybody, talk to everybody. Be like you're running for the president of the United States and you're going to extrovert into the community. You're going to make yourself known. Grant, I'm an introvert. I'm just not like that. Okay? I'm not like you, Grant. You don't know what I'm like. How would you know what I'm like? You think that what you see now is what I'm like? No, I'm extroverting myself into the community. So I'm social, connected, hooked up. People know me. People can help me. Oh, I'm motivated, man. I got a full calendar. How are you going to have a full calendar if you're not hooking up with people? Okay, look, the hundred tips, they're not three tips. There's hundreds of ways to stay motivated. Don't use three of them. Use them all, particularly the ones that scare you. And the ones you're less likely to do might be the ones you want like this one. Stay involved with your community. Be social. Be the most professionally dressed person in your space. When you walk in a room, they're like, oh, man, he's looking good again. Or she's looking great. Look, let me tell you, being dressed professionally is important. It's important not to others. It's important to me. I need to know I look good. Anytime I've maybe, you know, taken a shortcut on my dress or, or not put myself completely together, I know it. I can feel it. I sense it. Motivation is an inside job. You know, me being inspired and excited is something I need for me. It's the fuel I put in my car and the clothes I put on my back can make me feel better about myself. People start predicting, oh man, Grant's going to show up and he's going to be professionally dressed. Grant's going to look good. Grant invests money in his clothes and his tie and whatever. 
Look, you want to look good, folks. You need to be the most professionally dressed person in your space and forget what everybody else is doing. Be the leader. Be the example. Be the role model for a person that is professionally dressed, that took that extra time to look great, not just for everybody else, but to look great and know, hey, man, this is just part of my gig here. Part of my gig is to bring it to the marketplace, okay? And I promise you, you'll get some extra motivation out of just being the most professionally dressed person in your space. Take enough time off to fulfill your desire for time off. Look, if you need time off, then please do yourself a favor. Take enough of it. Take enough time off that you're done with taking time off. I hear people all the time say, I got to go on a vacation. I got to do this. When's the last time you took a, well, we, we, took a, we took a little short one about three months ago. Dude, why don't you take a long one? Why don't you go off for like three months? Okay, go off long enough that you're sick of being off. Just go fulfill it. Like if you got to fulfill it, go fulfill it. Take enough time off to fulfill your desire for time off. Let me just tell you a little trick here, a little, a little secret here at least, okay? The most successful people, at least in business and in finances, don't take a lot of time off, okay? They don't. Their, their vacations are rocking and rolling, okay? They like winning in the marketplace. That's what they do. That's what motivates them. That's what gets them excited. There's not been one vacation that I've ever taken that I didn't end short. I'm like, hey, I'm sick of doing this. Can I go home now? Can we go back to work? Can we go back and play again? Can we go back to making our life what we want it to make? That's the game, man. It's like Disneyland of life. Take enough time. If you need it, look, at least take enough off that you fulfill your desire for time off. It might be a good thing. Maybe you need five days or six days or a week, okay? But look, if you're packing the rest of your day and the rest of your week and the rest of your calendar, so what? Nobody's going to care except maybe you. Hey, get out of your house. Get out of your house. Get out of your office. Get out of the comfortable and go try new things. You've heard me kind of, you know, jump around this a little bit. There's nothing at the house. Go to the neighbor's house this weekend, okay? Go to the ball game. Get out of your house. People are like, I bought this house. I'm underwater in it. I need to spend the rest of my life in it. Dude, you need to get out of there, okay? Get out of the house. There's nothing there but a bunch of old furniture, old ideas, old stories, and a TV. Get you and your spouse and your kids and get out of there. Go mix it up. Go meet new people. Go extrovert into the community and make yourself known. And I promise you, even a bad trip, a, a visit to a neighbor is better than just doing the same thing over and over in your house. That way you got somebody to criticize now. Oh, those neighbors, those guys are wax. See, it's a new story. You need new material, okay? Get out of your house. Avoid ads that promote depression and all these made-up diseases. These are killing you. Okay, you're actually being made to think you got something wrong with you and ain't nothing wrong with you, except you're a human being. You're sitting there on the sofa and then this thing pops up. Do you watch too much sports? You have a disease. Do you not like other people? Disease. Do you have a problem with alcohol? Do you have a problem with people? Do you have a problem sitting on your sofa? Do you have restless leg syndrome? I'm like, oh my God, everything I do has got a problem. I got a problem. Look, avoid these ads, okay? Avoid them. There's no proof that any of these things are actually problems. So just click them off, turn them off, pull them out of the magazine, or maybe even better, write your local news channel and say, Dude, quit dumping this garbage on me. Avoid these ads that promote diseases. 
Avoid drama TV and drama radio. It's everywhere. They're doing everything they can to grab your attention with, you know, these things that don't happen to anybody except these people on TV, these car wreck TV programs and radio programs, this over-dramatization of what is happening in the world. Look, you need to stop listening to it. You need to get it out of your environment. You're being influenced by TV and radio. I was watching one of the major networks the other day, and the person actually said, this was a journalist, said, we are opinion makers. I'm like, oh, I thought the guy was a reporter of the news. They're not reporting news anymore. They are actually trying to make opinions, influence people, cause them to think a certain way. No wonder it's a perfect place for that depression ad. Hey, all you got to do is watch one hour of drama TV. You want to commit suicide. So what do they do? They say, hey, you depressed? You feeling bad? Of course I am. I've been watching garbage for the last three hours. Avoid drama TV. Avoid drama radio. Avoid drama people. Okay? You'll be more motivated. Have rewards for accomplishments that complement your potential. Look, I'm not talking about rewards here for just doing your job. Okay, this is a problem and a mistake for most people. They reward activity that is actually below their potential. What I want you to do is, you know, put some big juicy rewards for you. Don't have somebody else give you the reward. What are the rewards for you accomplishing those things that fulfill your potential, your actual ability? Remember, nobody knows your potential. Nobody knows your potential. Certainly the marketplace doesn't know it. You know it. Have rewards, substantial rewards. I don't know what they are for you. I don't know what gets you excited. Maybe it's time off. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a watch. Maybe it's, I don't know. Have rewards for accomplishments. But make sure those accomplishments are congruent and complement your full potential. Cut out all behavior that lowers your self-esteem. Now, look, this is not a preacher telling you what to do or don't do, or whether you're going to make it to heaven or hell. I'm just telling you right now, rather than you worrying about what's going to happen to, your, to you, you know, 60 years from now, just cut out anything that doesn't make you feel good about yourself. I don't care what it is. If you don't feel good when you're done with it, when you're done doing whatever you're doing and you don't feel good about it, whether it's eating chocolates or doing something against the law, just cut it out. If it lowers your sense of self or self-esteem, cut it out. People are like, oh, I got to go to this self-esteem score. I need more self-esteem. Did you want more self-esteem? Quit doing the, sh- the stuff that you don't feel good about. Simple. You smoke cigarettes. This is not about lung disease, okay? Every time you smoke the cigarette, you throw it away, you say, oh, my God, I might get cancer. Don't worry about the cancer. You're dying right now because you don't feel good about it because you smell the freaking smell on your fingers. Cut out behavior that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, whatever it is. It's not a moral conversation. Just knock off anything and everything that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, doesn't give you an enhanced self, a sense of self-esteem. Make a list right now. Okay, Maybe keep it private to yourself. You don't have to share it with the whole group. I don't want you to freak anybody out too bad. Okay. Make a list of the things that just don't feel good and see if you can put a hammer on them today. Just cut them out. Hey, look to help somebody. Every day I look for an opportunity to help another person. I I don't know how I can help them. 
I'm looking to help somebody. It might be just saying, hello, how you doing? You feeling all right today? How's your business going? Anything I can do for you? It might be a pat on the back. It might be me going out of my way to help somebody, to make sure they have food, or maybe to help somebody get off of a drug or alcohol problem they have, or maybe to leave the blackjack table because they've been there too long, Jared, okay? Every day, I look for an opportunity to help somebody out, some person. I actually have it as something I look for. Can I make somebody feel good? Can I make somebody smile? Can I get somebody to say, hey, man, thanks for going out of the way. Can I pick up some, something that somebody dropped maybe? I, I'm, I'm trying to motivate me to feel better about me. And who knows? Maybe somebody else gets some help. Today, look for somebody that you can help. Look for somebody that you can reach out to. Every time in my life where I've had like monster problems and troubles, and I, I, I'm like, oh my God, I, there's no way I'm gonna get out of this. The first thing to do when you can't help yourself, hey, go help somebody else for a little while. See if it all shifts. Look today to help somebody else. Stay in the best hotels you can possibly stay in. This is something that I promise you will be the best money you ever spend in your life. Go where the hitters are at. When you go on a vacation or you're going to a conference, stay at the Mac Daddy Hotels. I know it doesn't make any sense. You can stay at the Holiday Inn for $69 or you can go down the street and stay at the best for $469. Where do you have a shot? Look, it's the people you know, okay? It's been said for I don't know how long. The people that you know. It's not what you know, but who you know. If you're going to if you're going to go play the game, if you're going to be motivated, if you want to get around the best, if you want to get around superstars and slayers and hitters, stay in the best hotels. Money's not your problem. Money is not your problem. Ideas, motivation, follow throughs, you know, being around other players, connected to the right people is a much bigger problem than the 400 bucks you stay by going to the cheaper hotel. Stay in the best places. Sit up front. What are you doing in second seats, third seats, or in the back of the plane? Look, I got a belief. If the plane is going to run into a building, I want to be up front. I need a good seat, baby, okay? Look, you got to get a good seat on the plane or in the seminar or wherever you're at. You're at the ball game. Get the best seat or don't go. Go all the way. Go first class. Go that extra mile. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that you spend money you don't have. I'm suggesting to you that you motivate yourself to do whatever it takes to go sit up front, to, to treat yourself like you deserve it, you know, rather than saying, oh, I can't afford that, or I can't have that, or I can't do this. No. And again, I'm not telling you to overspend. I'm not telling you to be irresponsible. I'm telling you, you deserve to sit up front. Now figure out how to create a life, how to create a life, how to create a business, how to create an income, how to have enough money, how to have enough ideas and be excited and motivated enough to say, dude, I'm sitting up front. Because the next time you get caught on that international flight in that center seat, and you got three people on each side of you, oh my gosh, man. Think about what that does to you while you're 18 hours in the air. You can't sleep. You got babies on one side and big boy on the other, okay? Fly up front. Overcommit to your family, overcommit to your clients, overcommit to your community. Look, there's an old saying, undercommit and overdeliver. I'm like, I think that came from like Dale Carnegie or something. I'm like, dude, that is so ridiculous, okay? It is so ridiculous because what you're basically doing is trying to trick somebody. Oh, I'm going to undercommit and then I'm going to overdeliver and then they're going to be all excited. 
That's ridiculous. You want to overcommit to people and then you want to overdeliver. When people overcommit, okay, when I overcommit to my family and I got it tied that I have an ethical obligation, duty, and responsibility to deliver, that I'm the most dependable person anybody knows, dude, I can't back out now. You get it? I'm overcommitted. When you overcommit, your creativity follows and it'll make you brilliant. People aren't motivated because they undercommit. They don't have to deliver. There's something to be said about being pushed when necessity, when you're absolutely pushed, crunched, you got to bring it. So you want to overcommit to your family, overpromise to your family. You know, let them know you're there. Let them know you'll go the extra mile. Let them know you're going to do whatever it takes to take care of them. And then do the same thing with your clients. Do the same thing with your community. Look, overcommit. And watch, watch how motivated you are. Watch you, you pull it up and start delivering at levels that you didn't even imagine were available to you. You knew it was available, but now you're starting to actually see it show up. Overcommit, then overdeliver. Exercise. Look, if you exercise a little bit every day, it's going to put you in charge of your body. If you're in charge of your body every day, you're going to be motivated. Look, you're looking for little tricks here. You're looking for angles and gimmicks. I'm looking for anything I can do that makes me feel good about me. What is motivation? I feel good about me. I am motivated, moved to tell other people who I am, what I'm about. I'm proud of me. Anything that squashes that, then you wouldn't want to do. Anything that would inspire you to go out and meet people, to be motivated, to be out there, extroverted, would be good for you. Exercise is a good thing. There's no way exercise is a bad thing. There is no possible way that exercise could be a bad thing for you or anyone, regardless of your physical condition. You need to get a little exercise in a little, a little bit, at least a little bit every day. And look, the hardest thing with that exercise is just getting started. Just make a commitment. I'm going to exercise today. Like this is what I do when I want to get into the routine of exercising. I start the first week with two exercises a day. First in the morning, then in the afternoon. I try to get two in every day because by the third or fourth day, I'm like, man, I got eight exercises, eight sessions in this week. What happens? I'm motivated to do more. Most people never get motivated because they just don't do enough. And when they do it, they're not consistent enough with it. Look, you got a body. You're dragging it around every day. Okay, I'm dragging this 170 pounds around with me every single freaking day. I wake up with it. I go to sleep with it. Then I got to bring it to the workplace. Look, if you don't exercise it, you're not in control of it. Exercise a little every day. And again, I'm not talking about diets and I'm not talking about weight here. I'm talking about motivation, being excited, being ready to get up and go out there. And the better you feel about yourself, your body, your dress, uh, your health, uh, your goals, your planning, your time, all the things I'm talking about here, exercise a little, day, a little bit every day, it gets you in control of your body. Eat the healthiest foods you can. Look, the fuel you put in your body is going to have something to do with your energy. It's going to have something to do with your thoughts. Okay, look, you go eat, you know, 32 ounces of um, cattle, I guarantee you, your body's going to be like, this is, you know, 32 ounces. I mean, I got to digest this now. The body's got to actually start breaking all this cattle down. And you're, you're basically robbing yourself of energy because the body's having to do this other task. Look, eat the healthiest foods you possibly can eat and the, that you can afford. And I'm not talking here about a diet. I'm not talking about your health. I'm talking about your motivation, your excitement. You want to carry as little weight as you have to carry. 
When I travel around the United States and around the world, look, I bring as few bags as possible with me. Why? Because I want to roll fast, baby. I want to hit from one activity to the next. I want to move. I want to roll. I want to go. I want to have my head start when the day starts, and I want to keep that head start as the day goes. So I want to eat the healthiest foods I can possibly, possibly consume. For, for lunch today, I had this Thai chicken salad, crunchy chicken salad. Man, it was light, easy to eat, fast. I want to eat it, gobble it, and I don't want my body spending any time getting rid of it, okay? Eat the healthiest foods you can afford. I want you in this practical to write down the foods that you know aren't good for you. You don't have to go look them up online. You don't need to check for, with the doctor at CNN. You already know. Your body knows what it doesn't like. The longer it takes to get rid of it, the worse it is for you. Avoid foods with sugars. You know what I'm talking about. All that candy, the chocolate. This, you know, you know you don't like it. You know your body doesn't like it. Yeah, but Grant, I do like it. I love it. Dude, I love it too. I love chocolate. Almost any chocolate I like to eat. But one piece is never enough. Two pieces isn't enough. And the next thing you know, I, I, I get the spike and then I crash. There's plenty of proven data out there, and I don't need to even go look at it to know that the sugar is not good for me. I can give it to a three-year-old and watch what they do. They go freaking trippy, right? Next thing you know, you want to know why this three-year-old's got a problem. Three-year-old's got a problem because you're giving them too much sugar. Give them sugar drinks. You give them sugar candy. You know, you give them the lollipop. You even give it as, as like, hey, if you do this, I'll give you a lollipop. I know I do it as a father, but you want to avoid sugars during the day. Okay, it's killing your motivation. It's killing your, your ability to drive for long periods of time to stay focused, to stay excited, to be in charge of your body is vital and critical. And that starts with being in charge of your diet. What are you eating every day? Can you say no to something? Can you say no to the things that are bad for you? You know, one of the biggest problems I have with alcohol is not the alcohol. It's the amount of sugar in the alcohol. That's the thing I worry about most with alcohol. Not that little buzz I get. Not even the headache I get the next day, which I hate. It's the sugar contained in it that I know has got to be rushing through my system. How does it get rid of it? Where does it go? Look, avoid foods with sugar. See if you can do this for the next 30 days. It doesn't mean that you're going to quit sugar completely. I'm not a freak about any of this stuff. You know, I hate Diet Cokes. I know they're not good for me. Doesn't mean I won't have one. Avoid foods with sugar. Doesn't mean you're going to kick them out completely. It means you're going to try to start eliminating them. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah, increase your water intake, okay? Look, I know people that keep a gallon of this with them. Some of the highest, most producing people I know, literally early in their career, I know a guy named Chris used to walk around with a gallon of water everywhere he went, constantly consuming water, constantly just lubricating his body. I'm like, oh my God, that's brilliant. See, the problem with me and water is this. I never have enough water around me, so I go for whatever's quick. Water is good for you. Okay, most of your body is made up of water. The more saturated you can stay with water, okay, the more energy you're going to actually have, the more real long energy you're going to have. Increase your water intake. It can't hurt you. You know it's going to help you. It's going to keep your body working. It's going to keep you loose, and it's going to give you confidence. Probably the most important thing, it's going to give you the confidence that you're in charge of your intake. That's why I'm telling you, man, watch what you eat. Watch the sugars and increase the water intake because it's going to give you some confidence. Look, if I can't control my body, how am I going to control my motivation? You get it? If I can't control what I'm going to put in my body, in my fuel tank, how can I control how motivated, excited, and inspired I'm going to be? 
Be energetic. Look, even when you don't feel like being energetic, be energetic. You got to fake it till you make it. When you don't feel it, interject it. Be energetic, okay? So be excited. Look, you just got to start practicing this. It's like a muscle. Energetic, excited, enthusiasm is a muscle. It's not a feeling. People are like, I don't feel it today. I don't feel enthusiastic. I don't care how you feel, man. Look, it don't matter, baby. You got to be energetic even when you don't feel it. So this is what I want you to do. When you don't feel it, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little depressed today. I'm not feeling the, the vibe today. I, 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 don't, I don't have my groove on. Then get your groove on, baby. Okay? Quit using excuses. If you only do it when you feel it, you'll never get it. You can't be great. Motivation is about motivation. Motivation is about motivating yourself, inspiring yourself to energize. That's why I want to get up early. I want to eat right. I want to kill the sugars. I want to go to bed early. Dude, I want to be on a mission. I want to have it tied to my ethical duty. I want to be on a mission so I can be energetic, so I can turn it on like a switch on a wall and say, let's rock and roll, baby. When the rest of the world is going into depression, I'm like, let's energize. Hey, take a power nap if you need one. Look, I don't like long naps. And when I take a nap in the end of the, you know, take power naps if they help you. A lot of people talk about, I'm going to take a quick 20-minute, 30-minute nap, quick pop it, take a real, get, get a little rim state going, and it's going to help me. Some people it helps, some people it doesn't. It makes you feel good, good, do it, okay? But look, a nap don't mean you tuck in, okay? A nap is on top of the bed or on the sofa with a little blanket. And ain't you getting all snuggled in. Power naps don't include getting underneath the covers. All right, take a quick power nap, 15 minutes, 16 minutes, 12 minutes, if it gets you recharged. Try that. Every day I want you to write down the successes you're having. Let's not focus on what you didn't get. Let's not focus on what was a failure. Let's look at what successes you are having. Where are you making improvements? Where are things getting better? Where are you winning? And I want you to write them down. I don't want you to just visit here. I was turned on to this concept uh, years ago, about 10, 11, 12 years ago. And the guy's like, write the success down. I'm like, I don't need to write it down, dude. I know what it was. No, write it down. Just write it down and talk about it. Just communicate it. Get it out of your head on the paper. And it was unbelievable how motivated I was to go do other things like that once I wrote that down. It wasn't just stuck in my head. So I want you to do this. Write down the successes you are having in your life right now. We're all having them but we're not paying attention to them. And if you're not paying attention to them, you might quit having them. That's right. You got to listen to music that pumps you up, man. On my way to work, on my way to work, I'm going to listen to training material, the first 90% of that drive to work. And that last 10 minutes, that last 10% of the drive, I'm going to rock down on something that jacks me up, that moves through my bones, my cellular system, and that pumps me up. I don't know what music jacks you up, gets you excited. I wouldn't spend the whole 45 minutes listening to it because I want to educate myself every day. I want to get some good content, technical content every day. So I got some how-to, some strategy, some solutions, and then I want to cap it off with a little... Oh, yeah. Eminem does it for me, baby, okay? Marshall Mathers, he just puts a freaky freak on me. Listen to some music, it pumps you up. It'll get you jacked up every day. Say yes to life. 
Say yes to your customers. Say yes to your kids. Say yes to your spouse. Say yes to life, to living, to opportunity. Look, too many people are saying no all the time. Saying, nah, I got to think about it. I'm not sure. Let me go home. Let me look at it. Let me do some research. What's that about? Why don't you just say yes to everything? Okay? Why don't you say yes to everything? What would happen? Well, Grant, man, I'm going to end up saying yes to things that are bad for me. Look, we're not talking about doing things that are bad for you. We've already said that you need to be ethical in order to be motivated. The criminal is not motivated. Okay, no criminals are motivated long term. You can see how their life ends. You know, to, to go steal money doesn't mean I'm motivated. So I'm not talking about saying yes to things that are bad for you. That's off the list. I'm saying yes to life. Anything that expands life, opportunity, experiences, uh, doing things you've never done before. My wife says, let's go eat Indian food. Let's go do it, baby. I hate Indian food. I hate it. I mean, yes, let's go do it, okay? Let's go do it. Let me go have the experience again, and let me see if I can have this experience. Maybe it'll be different this time. Look, how many foods did you eat early in your life that you hated that today you're like, I love that food? Maybe things changed. Say yes to skydiving. Say yes to bungee jumping. Say yes to life, okay? Say yes to anything that is survival, good for you, and I promise you, you're going to be more motivated. You know, my mom recently died. Okay, and I remember pushing my mom, 86 years old, at 85 years old, at 84 years old, at 76, at 52, all along the way, no matter what my mother's age was, who was my unbelievable good friend, she'd always say no. And you know what I would do? I'd be like, I don't care if you said no, we're doing it anyway. When she was 52 or 86, dude, I kept pushing that woman. I just said, let's say yes to life. And now I have all these memories, all these experiences of me and her doing things that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Say yes. Say yes to anything that is survival. Move with speed and urgency, okay? You know, I talked about running from activity to activity. Once you're in an activity, you want to move with speed and you want to move with urgency. You want to move with hunger. Like I got to get this done. I got to get it done now. It's urgent. We got to get it done, man. Okay. You want to operate with that kind of, Grant, you're wearing me out. You're wearing me out, Grant. Just talking about this is wearing me out. You know why? Because you're operating on this much lower, you know, demand of your time and your energy and, and your necessity level. When you get necessity, when you have urgency, people become capable, stronger, brighter, uh, more creative. When it's urgent, you're going to actually find your true potential. Move with speed, move with urgency. In this practical, I want you to talk about how you can actually start operating with urgency in emails, how you could be more urgent in how you communicate with people, how you could be more urgent and operate with speed on activities. So it'll give you a little, you're going to need a few minutes to think about how to operate with speed and urgency because the truth is, most of the planet's not operating with any sense of speed, much less any sense of urgency on any given task. Try this right now. Stay hungry, act hungry, and stay hungry and act hungry with every person you meet. You want them to know you are hungry. Look, the worst thing you can do is start actually trying to suppress the idea that you want something. Don't suppress it because suppressing something means you demotivate yourself. You actually want to just let that rip. Stay hungry, act hungry. Now, I know a lot of what I'm telling you. A lot of what I'm telling you is 
against what you've been taught. You were taught by your family, by the church, by your educational system, by college, for sure. At college, they taught you. Suppress it. Bring it down a bit, okay? If you've been in any groups, they've been telling you, bring it down a bit. You're going to get yourself in trouble. Look, you want to act hungry, stay hungry. It's unacceptable. It's not social. And that's why it's so important to do that. Let everybody know you're different. Let them know you're unique. Let them know you're hungry and let them know, hey, I want your business. I need your business. I'm hungry for your business. And that's going to get you more business, more deals, and people will know that you're motivated. Approach success as your duty, not as an option. Most people I meet do not have the two connected. Success and duty. They have success connected with maybe or whatever or, man, I hope I get lucky. Look, you have to connect this idea of success as a duty, an obligation, and a responsibility, not an option. Let the rest of the world, let the other 6 billion, 7 billion people wander around planet Earth, wondering and hoping and wishing and praying that they might be successful. Look, you got to get this hooked up with duty. This is something I didn't get until I was about 40 years old. I didn't understand that success was my obligation, like my duty, that 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 was my fulfillment as a father, as a husband, as a businessman, as a community, a person in the community, as a citizen of planet Earth. Look, you have a duty to be successful, to create success at that next level so you can have the things you want, create the things you want, and start depending on the future. And other people will start to actually look at you as a model of what success is. You know, when I talk about success, I'm not thinking about money. I'm not thinking about a trophy. I'm not thinking about somebody's going to give me a pat on the back. I'm, I mean, that's going to come. I'm thinking about this. It's my duty. You know, no, no more or less than oh, I got to clean my desk up or I got to take the trash out or I got to answer this phone because the phone's ringing. It's a duty, right? You have duties. I got to brush my teeth in the morning. I got to put my jacket on. I got to go out into the marketplace. I got to say hello to people. I got to be nice. Those are things you have to do. And I think, I think that it would help you and motivate you and excite you and incite you and, and prod you along if you could connect duty and success. I have a sign here. It says success is my duty, obligation, and responsibility. See, I want this around me. I want to be surrounded with this concept of success is no longer an option. So success is no longer something you wish or pray for or cross your fingers like a little kid would do. I'm not going to even pray for it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it my duty and my obligation and my responsibility to go get this. Now take that idea that success is your duty, obligation, and responsibility and add to that that it's your ethical issue. It's an ethical obligation. It is an ethical thing, a moral code Not a financial-driven motivation, but it's your moral code, your purpose to be successful. See, I don't think about money and success separately. I think about success, a real success, an ethical success would mean that I have money and that I'm doing the right things with that money, taking care of my family, growing my business, making myself known. It's my ethical obligation. You get it? It's not ethical to be unsuccessful. Look, it's not ethical not to have money. It's not ethical not to get your products and services into the marketplace. So what I'm trying to do here is suggest to you that you tie your success with some ethical sense, some moral sense, some code that you have inside yourself. I don't know what that is. I can't set your ethics up or your codes or your morals. You know what they are. You know what you're capable of. 
You know what your products are. You know what your services is. You know what your mission on this planet is. Tie those together. Don't make it a, a financial mission. Make it an ethical mission to fulfill yourself, your products, your services into the marketplace that you have this obligation to do so that you're ethically driven. And I promise you, you will be more motivated, more excited. And this idea of targets, you'll hit a target and just go eat another one. Okay. Tie your success to your ethical obligation, not a financial one. Be the most ethical person you know. Now, look, I'm not talking about cash register honesty here. I'm not talking about you go to church once a week and the rest of the week you do whatever you want. I'm talking about ethics here. I'm talking about you being an example of the most ethical person you know. And that doesn't mean you're just honest John or honest Jill and you tell everybody the truth and you're just the, the most honest person on planet earth. I'm talking about real ethics. And you know what real ethics are for me, at least for me? I got to get the job done. I got to go produce in the marketplace. I can't just be honest with everybody else and then not be honest with myself. I got to get things done. I got to finish the mission. I got to complete. I got to be the person, ethical person people can depend on. Look, just because you're honest about everything and you don't get the job done, how is that ethical? I challenge you to look at that. Oh, Grant, I would never lie to anybody about anything. Yeah, but you're not getting the job done. See, be the most ethical person you know. You're honest. You don't rip people off. You don't lie to people, but you also do whatever it takes to get the job done so you can provide for yourself, your family, your business, so you're a role model for the community. And, and people look at you like, man, that guy's like a superhuman, like an, a, a, a character out of some comic book, and I can't find anything he does wrong. He, he, you know, there's no, no, no dirt on him. He's got clean hands. He's ethical. He gets the job done and you become a, a role model for other people about how to be effective in the marketplace and be ethical all at the same time, which I think is the true meaning of ethics, that you're the most ethical person in every way, not just honest John. Have a higher purpose than just money, than just the bank. And look, if you're motivated by money and if you love money, I'm all for that. I totally agree with that. I think it's a great thing. And I think everyone should have more money than they have, including me. But I need a higher purpose in that. So what I want you to do here is I want you to look for what is the higher purpose? What is the thing that you want money for? Oh, I want a big house. Why do you want the big house? Uh, because uh, I got to have a big house because my dad didn't have a big house. Okay, but what are you trying to get? You're looking for the higher purpose. I want you to drill down to what is the purpose. Why does a guy want 10 million or 20 million or 100 million? Or why does the individual want, oh, I just want 50 grand in the bank? Look for the higher purpose. Don't get lost in the number. Look for the higher purpose because the person that wants 50 grand and would be satisfied with that and the person that wants 50 million and thinks that's what would satisfy them underneath both those situations is a purpose, a higher purpose that goes way beyond, way deeper than just 50,000 or 50 million. So look for the higher purpose. What is it you want when you say you want money? And I'll promise you what's going to happen for you is you're going to be more motivated to hit that 50,000 or that 50 million. And one, one word of warning here, as I wrote in the 10X rule, promise you, whatever goals that you have, 50 grand or 50 million, you are underestimating, 
underestimating your full potential. Have a purpose higher than just money and you will find your potential. You want to be more motivated? Quit settling for good. Never settle for good when you can be great in all of us, each of us. You too can be great. Anyone can be. Every day I strive, how can I get great? How can I get great, not good? How can I have a great marriage, not a good marriage? doesn't mean I'm going to succeed today. It doesn't even mean I'm going to be good at it today. But I'm going for great every day. And I got to keep that in front of my face. You know the old saying, out of sight, out of mind? Look, if, you're, if you think good's your target, you might end up with less than good. If you think great is the target, good you will attain. And then you'll be dissatisfied when you don't get good. When you don't get great, you'll be dissatisfied. And I'm going to tell you something. Not being satisfied is actually a motivator. But not when you're going for good. When you're going for good, you end up with what? Something less than good? Maybe good? Oh, it was good. Yeah, I did good. Yeah, we did good. Nobody knows anything happened, right? Because nobody reports on good. They report on what? Great. If you're going to get an accident, good accident or a great accident? You see? If you're going to make some bank, good bank or great bank? If you're going to make the news, good news or great news? If you're going to have a marriage and you're going to be married to the same person for what, 30, 40, 50 years? Good marriage or a great marriage? It's all up to you. Just make a decision. What's your target? Good or great? Look, don't settle for good when you can be great. Give, give, give. Look, give more than is ever expected of you. In every encounter, give people more than they would have ever expected was even fair. You want to exchange with people in ways that are so abundant, so overwhelming, that they're like, dude, you got to stop. You got to quit giving me here, okay? Give people more. And I know what you're thinking. Man, if I do that, people are going to take advantage of me. Most people are not going to take advantage of you. You know what they're going to do? Most people are going to want to reciprocate. They're going to want to take care of you in exchange. Don't worry. Don't worry that people can take advantage of you. That's operating out of scarcity. Give more than is expected of you. And it doesn't mean you're giving your money away. It doesn't mean you're going to give more products away. Give of yourself. Don't just give like, oh, I'm going to discount my product and give them more value. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about give more than is expected of you. I'm giving of myself. How can I make another contact? How can I go out of my way to reach them? How can I touch them on the back, shake their hand? How can I call them again? See, these aren't things I'm giving to them. I'm talking about give more than is expected of you. Give you to them, whether it's enthusiasm, energy, uh, ideas, offers. Hey, let me be there for you. How can I help you? Offerings. Give more of yourself than is expected of you, and you will be more motivated. Maybe make a list of how you can do this in your life today. Get great partners. Look, I'm talking about your spouse, your friends, and the people you do business with. Make sure they're great not average, not mediocre. They need to bring great ideas. They need to bring great customers with them. They need to bring great, the greatness, the idea of greatness with them. Me and my wife, it starts with us. I need her thinking about greatness. I need my partners wanting to achieve the same thing and thinking about how to get to the next level and do something great. Get great partners, think great things, be great, do great things, create great. Look, even if you come up short, Great partners are always going to achieve more together than they would by themselves. Get the greatest partners you can, and that includes going out and getting great clients. 
Be deaf when someone says you can't. Look, there is a benefit. Great people, highly motivated, successful champions are able to actually have what's called selective hearing. They can actually cut communication off when it's negative. When someone says you can't do it, it can't be done, it's not possible, it'll never happen, those people just go completely deaf while the rest of the world just starts buying in and being influenced. Be deaf when someone says you can't. I wrote this point. Be deaf when someone says you cannot do it. Be deaf when someone says it's impossible. D, be deaf. Be deaf when anyone tries to impose limits on you. For these people that make efforts to limit you and suggest that you cannot fulfill your dreams are dangerous people. These aren't nice people. These are dangerous people. The fact that they're not intentionally trying to hurt you, stop you, or prevent you from getting what you want is even worse. They're not intentionally trying to do it. They're unconsciously walking around society Dropping negative pieces of content into everybody's environment, saying you can't do it, it can't happen. Look, this could be happening at a family level. It could be happening with employees, company. That's why I'm telling you. Put your policy in. No negativity allowed here. And then also know, hey, I got to be deaf when people are negative because we live in a, a negative environment. The media is negative. People become negative. The newspapers are negative. The internet is negative. And the next thing you know, it's everywhere. It's contagious. So be deaf when the negativity comes, because it's going to come. Be deaf when someone says you can't. Ask those that are more successful than you for guidance. Now, this is not the mastermind group I talked about earlier. I'm talking about you actually going to get a mentor, somebody, a mentor that, that maybe has had more success. I'm not just talking about a life coach here because you got to be a little careful. There's a lot of life coaches out there that haven't created any success. I want you to go reach out to someone that is, that is a mass serious success, you know, a series of maybe entrepreneurial efforts or and they, and they got it. They got it going on in every area of their life, not just one area. You don't want just one part of life. You want it all, right? We're reaching for greatness, not goodness here. So what you want to do is pick a person or maybe two people that you can go to and say, hey, I need help. I need guidance. I need direction. I don't want anything from you except maybe once a month or twice a month if you could just give me a little bit of guidance. Now, when you ask these people for that, understand their time is precious if they're successful. Their time is precious. They do want to help people. This does inspire them. They're likely to say yes, but please, okay, don't go there and tell them. Talk to them. You know, don't do more talking than you do listening. Ask them for guidance. Take it. Use it. Execute on it. But go surround yourself or get at least one person that is more successful than you that you can get guidance from. Create daily rituals that give you the sense that you're in control. Look, little daily rituals, something you do, maybe to start the day, end the day, or maybe break up the day. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's thought. Maybe it's reading. Maybe it's some quiet time. I don't know what it is for you. Okay, Maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's a workout. Maybe it's a good run. Maybe it's time to go ride your, your daughter on the bike, just you and her. Create some daily rituals that make you feel good about yourself, your day, your start, that motivate you, that give you a sense that you're in control. Never, never, never compare yourself to money. Never. You're way bigger than that. What are you doing? I can't afford it. You just took you. Just took you. Okay, 
spiritual being in, you know, capable of who knows what and said, I'm worth less than that or whatever. I can't buy these beans or go to this movie or I can't get that shirt or those shoes or I can't make because that's all I am. I'm only worth 69 cents. Never, 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 ever compare yourself to money. You're worth more than that. This is the problem with most of particularly middle class of America, even some wealthy people that I know. They actually reduce themselves to the money that's connected to an object. And again, I'm not telling you to misspend, overspend, be irresponsible, but I'm telling you, at least when you back off from something and say, I can't buy that, just remind yourself, hey, I'm worth more than that. Can't afford it yet, but that's not me. That's not why I'm not doing it. I can get that if I want to. Never, never, never compare yourself to money. You want to stay motivated? You want to stay excited every day? Let me show you a trick of those that stay motivated constantly. They never lower their targets. They don't have this lower my target mentality so I get to hit it. They got this idea that, dude, that's the target. Yes, it's unreasonable. No one has ever done it. It is impossible. It has never been done in any sector of any universe, anywhere, on any planet or any star. I refuse to lower the target. This is the target. The world has said it's impossible. I shall go for it. Okay, that will keep that person motivated. Never lower your target. Look, it's unethical to lower a target. You know you can do it. Good. Stick with it and you won't fail. Never, ever, ever lower your target. Make sure the whole world knows you. Your new target market is planet Earth, unless you want to go bigger than that, which is fine with me. Make sure everyone knows you. You're no longer saying, oh, I got everybody. I got to get everybody in Des Moines to know me. No, you need to get everybody on planet Earth to know you. And then the people in Des Moines will know you for sure. Somebody wrote me recently and they're like, hey, your, your, books, your books are now being read in east, the northeastern portion of Wisconsin. You have made it. You know when that happened? That happened when I finally said, oh, I got to get the whole planet Earth to know about my books and my messages and my programs. I want everybody to know me. The people in India, Mexico, in Brazil, in Russia, in China. I want everybody to know me. Okay, why? Then I can get, make sure that the people in my marketplace know me. Go big, baby. Go big. Okay. Your new target market, the one that will motivate you is to make sure the whole world knows who you are. Dominate in your space. Don't compete in it. Look, competition is for sissies and wannabes. Competitions for the little whiner bitches of the universe. And that's not you. You want to be motivated, excited. Look, champions dominate. They own the space. Coca-Cola, Google, Apple, in their prime, they dominated. Ford Motor Company, domination, okay? Uh, I remember when the Pittsburgh Steelers dominated. The Dallas Cowboys dominated. Chicago Bulls dominated. Uh, the uh, U.S. government dominated. And now they don't. So what happens? They start competing, trying to keep up with everybody else. Dominate your space. Quit playing in it. Quit spectating in it. Quit thinking about being as good as everybody else, doing what they're doing, trying to keep up with them. Champions dominate. Dominate your space. Own it. And I'm not just talking about the business place. I'm talking about at home. Dominate the space. You know, where you live, the neighborhood. Dominate it. Own it. You get it? I'm not talking about physical domination. I'm not talking about like you're going to, you know, beat something up. I'm talking about dominate space, like express yourself in it, be in it, own it, 
Don't just show up in it and be a spectator. Don't compete. Competition is not healthy. Domination. If competition's healthy, then domination is immunity from all problems. Get so much attention, you're criticized for it. One of the most important things I've done in my life, unfortunately, I waited too late, was to finally understand that I just need to get more attention. And the reason people don't like this and don't do this and don't want to do this and actually resist it is because when you get so much attention, when you get the right level of attention, I promise you, the criticizers are going to come they're going to come at you like roaches in New Orleans when the, when the tide waters rise, okay? Get so much attention that people are criticizing. That guy's doing too much. You see him? Who does he think he is? Why does he act like that? Oh, he thinks he's all that shit and all that blah, blah, blah. Dude, get so much attention that people are criticizing you. Fly above the radar, not under it. For those of you who were taught, fly under the radar. Don't get too much attention. You got the wrong data. You're literally spending energy trying to stay under the radar. It takes your motivation away. What you want to do is see how high over the radar you can get. And when you do, oh my God, man, they're going to be putting guns on you. There's going to be artillery shooting at you. It's called criticism. And it comes with the right amount of attention. And without the right amount of attention, you will be literally suppressing yourself. You're going to be holding yourself down in order to get somebody else's approval. Look, no matter how you do it, somebody isn't going to like the way you do it. So at least do it the way you want to do it. Get so much attention. Scream at every street corner. Hey, 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 this is me, man. Look at me. When you do that, people are going to criticize you. When they criticize you, you're just starting to get the right amount of attention. And then you want to take it to the next level. Make the news. Quit watching the news. Look, too many people are sitting on their sofas watching news and not thinking about making news. That's what we're doing in this whole series here. I'm trying to shift, shift your thinking about what you're doing. I don't want to manage time. I want to own it and control it. I don't want to compete. I want to dominate. I don't want to watch news and receive it. Oh my gosh, man, I can make the news. Look, who are the players on this planet? The players on this planet are either... There's three groups, okay? The guys making the news, they're making it, okay? So people are reporting about them. They're getting attention. Most of the time, it's not good attention. Or number two, the people that are reporting it. Or number three, the big, big giant players that are so big. They're the puppeteers. They're running things. They don't even want anybody to know who they are because they're managing, running the whole, not managing, but they're actually controlling the entire game. Look, make the news. Quit watching the news. Dan Rather. Who are some of these people? Diane Sawyer. Uh, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, tight T-shirt boy. Uh, Anderson Cooper. O'Reilly. Uh, what's his name? The guy that, uh, the, the, the Sean Hannity cat. Look, these guys are, they banking. They're hitting some serious, serious bank. They get tremendous amounts of attention because they're reporting news. Okay, what I want you to do is start thinking about this. Not be a reporter. You don't need to be O'Reilly or Hannity or Anderson Cooper. I want you to think about, how can I make the news in my sector? How can I live in my little town, my village, my city, my, the big city, whatever? How can I make news there? How can I become newsworthy? And you're being proactive now. You're being the originator of news, not the receiver of news. How could you do this? Write articles, blog, uh, the internet. You could you know, do more research, become the professional, become the expert. Make the news. Be on offense not on defense. Don't be a spectator. Spectators pay 
the players get paid. Okay? So make the news. Don't watch the news. Become a celebrity in your space. Become the go-to guy or gal. Become the name in your space. This would be a tremendous motivational target for you to become the name or the top two or three names in the space that you work and live in. Become the go-to guy. Remember that? Become the most dependable and now become the celebrity, the one everyone is talking about, the one that's getting all the criticism. And oh, by the way, what does the celebrity get with criticism? They get all the admiration too. Look, you can't, you can't deny this fact. The people that get the most criticism end up with the most admiration. And the most admiration ends up in deals. Admiration is actually deals. This guy gets, this guy's so well known. Everybody knows this guy. I didn't make this decision to become a celebrity in my space. A celebrity. A celebrity is what other people follow and talk about. That person that sets kind of the standard. Become a celebrity in your space. Anybody can do this. Folks, all you got to do is watch TV and see who the celebrities are. Watch, watch and see who the celebrities are and you can be like, she ain't that good looking. He ain't that hot. He ain't that big a deal. He's not that smart. Oh my God, how did he become that? Right? That's you. That's me. Make a decision. I have to get known. I got to get way above the radar. I got to get everybody to know me. I got to make the news and now I'm going to become the go-to guy or gal. I'm going to dominate the space and become omnipresent in it. I'm going to become the person that gets so much attention that people are like, oh my God, he's in a completely different league now. Become a celebrity in your space. Get some big, new, juicy problems rather than the old, simple, boring problems that you've been having for too long. That's right. That's what I'm telling you. You want to get motivated? Get some big, new, fat, juicy, ugly, crazy, overwhelming problems. Quit avoiding problems. Look, the problem, everybody's got them. You're going to have them. No matter what level you play at in life, you're going to have problems. Get some new ones, not the old ones. Get something that excites you, something that really puts you into the game. Give up on these old little high school problems you got and go look for some big, giant, monster ones that'll excite you, that'll motivate you, and that'll take you to the next level. So this is what I want you to do in this practical. I want you to write down some new problems that would actually freak you out, okay? Look, you want to be underwater? You want to, you want to owe, you know, 60000 or 260000 on a house? Or would you like to have $600 million in loans? Which one would keep you up at night? Be big. Be a giant in your space. Be the whopper. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Bring it, baby. Bring it. Big is better. Trust me, okay? All these people say size don't matter. Oh, you want to be big. You know why? Because it's a noisy world out there. You got to get big in the space that you're in so that everybody's like, oh my God, man. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not talking about size here. I'm not talking about physical. I'm talking about big. Be a giant. You are a giant. You're way bigger, way bigger. Come on, admit it. When you were a little kid, did you ever think about your size, your physical size, until somebody said, oh, he's little? No. You, you thought you were a giant already. You could do things that were incredible, right? Be so big in your space. Be big in the way you think. Be big in the actions you take. Be big when you walk into that big convention hall. Be big when you walk on that stage. Just decide, I'm going to be big. Be a maniac. That's right. They're not going to teach you this in school. You probably didn't learn it at home. They probably actually told you, hey, bring it down a couple notches. 
Be a maniac about your life and your career. There's nothing wrong with maniacs, okay? Be a maniac and let it be survival. Good. Survival means I'm going to survive. I'm going to do good things. Things that are bad don't survive. Be a maniac at life and career. What's wrong with that? Nobody wants to be a maniac. Why? Because everybody's taught, don't be a maniac. Maniac, bad person, crazy person, going to kill people, whack people off. Okay? The people are nuts. Right? They're a maniac. But I'm telling you to be a maniac. Take your business. Become a maniac. Take your life. Become a maniac. Go on vacation. Be a maniac. And just make sure you're doing it with honesty, integrity, good things that are ethical, that are survival, that are good for everybody, not bad. I'm not talking about shooting tequila all night long like a maniac, okay? I'm talking about do things that enhance your life and go about it like a maniac or a fanatic or a crazy person would. Be a maniac about your life and your career. In this practical, what I want you to do is make a list of ways in which you could be a maniac at home, and then in the workplace. Do a little more than you did the day before. Look, look at whatever you did yesterday, the phone calls, the emails, contacts with family, contacts with customers, whatever you did, the posts you did, uh, you stopped by and saw this many people, you wrote up this many deals, the exercise you did when you woke up, whatever you did yesterday, all I want you to do today, and you can do this in the practical, is do a little more than you did the day before. Just add two things or three things or four things. Every day, do a little more than you did the day before. And what you're going to do is you're going to start finding out, you're going to stretch your potential. You're going to start building muscle, motivational muscle, based on what you did. Look, motivation is not something you think about, okay? It's something that happens. The more you can do each day and then add to that each day, contacts, emails, follow-up, customer contacts, time with family. The more you can add to each one of those little parts of your life, exercise, the foods you eat, the time you manage and control, the more you can do that each, every day, the more you're going to be motivated. Do your practical. Look at whatever you did yesterday, make a list, and see what you can add to it. Do so much that people criticize you for how much you do. Now, this is different than what I told you earlier about get attention, and when you get attention, you're going to get criticized. What I want you to do is I want you to start thinking about activity levels, how much you do, how many phone calls you make, how many emails you send out or mail or visits or whatever it is you do every day that, that is you know, pushing you toward whatever goal that you have. What I want you to do now in order to stay really, really motivated is I want you to do so much that people are starting to criticize you for the amount of work you do. And look, it won't take long. The society we live in today is so uh, almost anti-work and anti-effort that, that they're going to tell you, Dude, you need to chill. You got to take it easy. Why are you doing so much? Life is to be enjoyed. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do so much that people don't just criticize you for it, and they will. Then I want you to do more than that so that you become the model for how much it takes. I write about this in the 10X rule. Everybody is underestimating both their potential and the amount of effort to get where they want to get. Look, do so much. Make so many contacts that people say, dude, how do you do all this? See, that's way beyond criticism now. Now they're starting to admire you. Do so much, do so much that they criticize you and then they admire you. 
Take everything you do to another level. This is what all the greats do. They're motivated by the next level, whether it was a phone or a car or clothing or a purse, you name it, shoes, whatever, airplanes. You know what? Airplanes, nobody's done anything significant with airplanes for 40 or 50 years. No wonder the industry sucks. Why? Because nobody's taking it to another level. Virgin American comes out or Virgin Airlines comes out. They take it to another level and everybody's like, oh, I love that, man. I'd rather pay to fly Virgin then then pay maybe to fly Delta. Why? Because the guy there took it to another level. That's what you need to do. Don't just let other people be doing this. Figure out, go to sleep at night thinking, how can I take my career to another level? How can I take this and disrupt the industry? How can I take what I do to a completely different level? Look, ask yourself good questions and you'll be motivated. Ask yourself how you can reach greatness rather than average or good and you're gonna be motivated. Take everything you do to that next level and ask yourself that question. How can I take what maybe another company has done and take it to a completely another level? You will be motivated, you'll be inspired, and you'll be energetic. Stay around hitters, baby. You want hitters, okay? I'm not talking about successful people. I'm talking about crushers. I'm talking about brutes. I'm talking about the different league guys. I'm talking about all-stars. I'm talking about the cats that are super winners over and over and over again. I'm talking about champions. Champions dominate. You got to stay around them, okay? Quit settling for the people that are just around you. Go look for the, the killers. Go look for those people who find anything below great, just unacceptable. Surround yourself with hitters, winners, strivers, the champions, the achievers, Hey, you can't ever hurt yourself going for bigger and better, okay? Be great. Never compromise your potential for being satisfied. Look, you're not looking to be satisfied here. Satisfied is a word that will kill you. It's keeping you down, okay? It's shackles. You don't want to be satisfied. Grant, we we should all be satisfied, Grant. Why? Look, man, if God was satisfied, he'd have quit with butterflies, Never compromise the potential to create, to be extraordinary, to do something significant and something giant. Don't settle for being satisfied. You want excellent, extraordinary, great. Don't compromise it. Be true to yourself. It's going to keep you motivated if you're never satisfied. Look at how things are possible rather than how they're not possible. Rather than talking about what can't be done, how it can't be done, how it can't happen, just flip it. And ask yourself this question. Well, how could it be done? Well, it can't be done. Okay, how could it be done? How is it possible? What could we do to make it work? Just flip the whole verbiage. Now, when you start practicing this, and maybe what you'll do in this practical is take something that you think is impossible. Maybe something, some client you're trying to get. Write about how it's impossible. Now I want you to flip the whole thing. But how would it be possible? What would I have to do to get in front of them? What would we have to do to get his business? How could we possibly get there and watch the motivation just blow up from your feet? Just like roll through your body. Look at how things are possible rather than impossible and make this a habit every day. And then get everybody on your team looking at how things are possible, not impossible. Hey, look to accomplish those things that others say cannot be done. This would be a moment of inspiration. You should listen for the things that people say are impossible, can't be done. It'll never happen. Those people that say, 
Really? What, what did he just say? Did he just say that can't be done? And then the guy gets all locked into it like, like, like a crazy, like a hungry dog on the back of a meat truck. He's like, oh, I got to go find out how to make this happen. See, those people are motivated. They're actually trying to accomplish something that's impossible. Look to accomplish those things others say that cannot be done. Look for those customers that nobody else can sell. Look for those situations or quotas that your manager or the vice president or the president of the company or the people in the media said, that ain't possible. That can't happen. Can't, ha- can't happen. Okay. Why? Why would you look for those things? Because they're moments and points of inspiration. In this practical, make a list of things that others, maybe clients, accounts, quotas, make a list of other things other people said can't be done and put it on your list. Want to stay motivated? Want to wake up motivated? Write your goals down first thing every day. First thing you do when you wake up at 4 a.m., have a tablet or get on your computer and I want you to rewrite your goals first thing you do every morning, okay? Maybe not the first thing, maybe you get up and you go to the restroom and then you sit down like, I gotta bang my goals out. Write your goals down, the things you wanna accomplish in your life. I'm not talking about a battle plan here. I'm not talking about a to-do list. I'm not talking about the people you need to call on today. I'm talking about the goals, the things that drive you, the things you want. Look, I've said before, if you don't have goals and not fo- if you're not focused on those goals every day, you're going to spend your whole life making somebody else's goals and dreams a reality. That's not what you want. Stay motivated on your targets, your goals, your purposes by writing them down first thing each day. If they're important to you, if they're valuable to you, wake up in the morning, re-look at them out of sight, out of mind. Let's take a look at them. What are my goals today? Every morning I wake up, first thing I do, first thing. I write my goals down every day. Write your goals down again before you go to sleep each night. Look, this is my trick. I write them down in the morning. I write them down at night. Before I go to sleep at night, I'm going to do this. I might write two lists down. Who could I contact? Remember that one? Who could I contact that would change my life? And then what are my goals? What are my targets? What are my lifetime objectives? You want me to take it to a freak level? Hey, what are my objectives over the next thousand years? Huh? Want to get excited? Want to start stretching yourself beyond good and mediocre and average in the way everybody else thinks? Start, re- start really projecting into the future. Notice what I'm doing here. I wake up in the morning, I write my goals down. I'm not talking about what I'm doing today. I got that handled. That's done. That's in the schedule. I'm writing my goals, my lifetime goals, and maybe even longer, okay? And I'm like, oh, man, I got a lot of work to do. I got to go. I'm motivating myself. But nobody else can do this for you. You know, if other, if you're not doing these things I'm telling you about in these hundred tips, then somebody else is always trying to do this. They're trying to push you along. Management, don't quit, quit doing that with your people. Push them, shove them, and make them write their goals down every morning and every night. Make them bring them into work. And if they don't like it, say, go away, bro. Plenty of other places to work. I write them down in the morning. I write them down at night. I write them down at night. Why? I want to wake up to it. I want to go to sleep to it. And I want to dream with it. I want to control what I'm, what I'm sleeping with each night, not some stranger, right? I want to write my goals down before I go to sleep at night because they're important to me, they're valuable to me, and I get to wake up to them again tomorrow. Write your goals down. Just try it this week. First thing in the morning, last thing you do at night. Have a 30-minute financial meeting with your family 
every week. Okay, now I do Sundays. I use Sundays. Me and my wife and the kids meet every Sunday. We have a 30-minute finance meeting just to go over our finances. What's my income like? What's my outflow like? Uh, what's, our, what's our investments doing? Why would I want to look at that? You know, most people don't have money because they don't even look at their money. They don't want to take responsibility for it. And then they, when they do do it, they turn it over to some, you know, some financial person and maybe once a year they talk about it. Look, every Sunday, every Sunday I look at my money. Every morning I look at my goals. Every night before I go to sleep, I look at my goals. Every time I fail, I go back and look at my goals. And every Sunday I spend 30 minutes looking at my money with my family. So I got everybody on the same table, same, same playing, you know, we're playing the same game. Yeah, I don't have my wife running off in one direction. The kids are running off in another direction, and I'm, I'm trying to hold everything together. No, I want to get everybody together. Let's talk money. Let's talk finances. Why? Hey, because it's important. Money's not everything, Grant. What, what are you doing giving me advice on money? Come on, okay? Get real here. Shake your, what, what's going on here? You're going to tell me money's not everything? You ain't got any money. You know what? I'm talking to most of the people. Most people don't have money because you are miseducated about it, misinformed about it, told bad things about it, and most importantly, you don't spend any time looking at it. And if you don't spend any time looking at money, no wonder you hate going to work because everybody's going to make money out of the deal but you. And then you wonder why you're not motivated. You're not motivated because you're working too hard for too little money. So this is what I do. Look, I need to be motivated by money so I can fulfill my purpose. But there needs to be enough money involved for me to be excited about it. And when I do get money, I don't need to blow it or waste it or put it in some investment that goes away and all of a sudden I'm demotivated about money again. Most people are not excited about money. That's why they get rid of it so quick. That's why they actually don't like money because they attach money to a failure. The way, to, the way to flip this is to have a, at least a 30-minute meeting once a week with your family about your money, about your investments, about where it's coming from, about where it's going. I promise you, you will find yourself four times a week. That's all this takes. You'll find yourself more motivated. At least once a month, I want you to meet with your family about your goals, your objectives, those things that drive you, excite you, that you want to accomplish. And maybe have them share their goals and their objectives with you. And then you guys see what you can do to align everybody's goals and objectives and get a bunch of cheerleaders pulling for the team all to go across the finish line. Look, you need a monthly goal. You need everybody on the same page, whether it's your, 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 your family. You do this in business, right? I hope you do it in business. You take the team and y'all all have your same goals and objectives once a month or twice a month or every quarter. Why not do it with your family? Who do you spend most of your time with? And then, and then why are you doing it anyway? Why? To make your life better, not just your business better, to make it all better. So once a month, I want you to start meeting with your family at least once a month, minimum once a month, meet with your family on goals, objectives, dreams. I'm not talking about things we need to do. Hey man, we want to go on a trip this year. Good. That's a goal. Okay, I want to get a helicopter. Good. How are we going to get that? Oh, that's silly. Who needs a helicopter? Y'all don't need to do this at the meeting. Okay, no goal is silly. You know, my helicopter that, that might be this month's goal and next month, that was stupid. Okay, so what? Don't laugh at me. Encourage me, man. Just keep brushing me up. Keep giving me the feather. Do it, man. You want a helicopter? Shit, let's get two of them. We'll get up in the sky and fight each other. I'm probably going to give up on it a couple months and say that was dumb. Maybe you want a big house. That's probably dumb too. Look, go for it. 
go for it and have the family talking about what's our goals, what's our dreams, what's our objectives, and you guys nurture those concepts because it's goals, the future, that motivates everyone. Identify the things that you're passionate about. They're different for every person. They're unique to you. What you're passionate about today might change in the future. What you're passionate about would do nothing for me, possibly, okay? So identify the things that get you jacked, that get you excited. And maybe it's some things you haven't done yet, but you need to make the list. What are you passionate about? Too many people on this planet are just taking whatever comes their way. They've given up. It's been years. When they were eight years old, they knew what they were excited about. You ever seen a kid, six, seven, eight years old, three years old, five years old? Why do they have so much passion? Because they do the things that get them excited, okay? That's what we need to do as adults. Identify what gets me excited, what pumps me up. Everybody's unique about this. Make a list of the things that you are truly passionate about. And don't let anybody step on them because they're unique to everybody. Picture what you want at the end of the deal. Look, you got to look to the end of the deal first, not last. Most people are looking at what they have to do right now. I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at the end of the deal. What if I get this? Okay. What if I get this client? What if I get this person? What if this actually gets accomplished? I'm always looking at the end of the deal first. I want a million users on my program. That's what I set first. Not how am I going to get a user today? How am I going to get a million users on my program? How do I get a million? If I get a million, what happens? Who do I need to talk to? I look at the end of the deal before I look at the mechanics of the deal. Try this. Picture what you get at the end of the deal. All professional athletes, all extremely successful people talk about seeing something happen in the future, what they wanted before they actually figured out how to get it. Try that in this practical. What do you want? What happens if you get it? What happens at the end of the deal? See that first. Focus on the future, not the past. Remember this, the past is for psychos. Okay, people that spend all their time talking about last week, last month, last year, psychologically imbalanced. And I don't need a degree to tell you that, okay? If you're stuck in the past, you got a psychological deficiency. You're a psychopathic personality, okay? Where you want your attention, don't take that personal, I'm just kidding. Okay, where you want your attention is into the future. Your sanity is in the future. The same person has all their attention looking forward. Who's the best driver on the interstate? The guy looking forward, not the guy looking past or the guy looking to the side. Who doesn't get in accidents? The guy up front looking to go as fast as possible. See, you want your attention on the future. I want my attention on the future products, the future customers, the future opportunities, the future solutions. I don't want them right now, right here in this, right? I couldn't even speak to you right now if I was just in the present like all the the granola eating new age gurus talk about be in the present, um, be in the present. Dude, I don't want to be in the present. I want to be in the future. I want to be in the next thing, right? Why, why, why would I want to be in the future? What if I could actually start predicting what's going to happen next, where I'm going to be next, what, what you're going to say next, what I'm going to say next, the next playbook. If you look at all the greats, they're into the next play. They're not into this play. They're into the next moment. They're into predicting things. Focus on the future. Get your attention out of the past, out of the present, and just just a tiny bit ahead of where you are right now. Watch how motivated you are. 
Keep images of what you want in your environment. Surround your environment. I talked a little bit about this. Surround your environment with the images of the thing of the things you want in the future. Look, you don't have it now. You don't need pictures of what you got now and what you had in the past. It's keeping you stuck in now and the past. You don't want to be in the now or the past. Look, the now is what? It's the past now. You get it? I want to be in the future. What is motivation? Motivation is not about what happened, the trophy you got three years ago or 10 years ago. It's not about the kids you had 20 years ago. It's about the kids you're going to have next or the trophy you're going to get next or the vacation you haven't taken or the place you hadn't been yet or the bank account that you can just imagine. So what you want to do is keep images, physical images around you of what you want in your future but have it in your environment. Now that doesn't mean your office has got a bunch of stuff all over the walls, okay? But it could be on your computer, or it could be at home, or it could be in your goals book, or it could be in your, you know, a book maybe you look at once or twice a day, or maybe you got a special place for it, or maybe you actually collect these images every day. Keep images of what you want in the future in your environment now.